Now get ready for the time of your life, cause you are now watching Godcast. Everybody, welcome to Godcast, a show where one of the hosts just randomly turned into an anime girl. I'm your host, Hydrowave99, and I'm joined here today with Flufalpaka. How are you today? I'm not Flufalpaka. <laughs> I'm a Miku chan. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this isn't my normal attire. So, uh... Yeah. Hi there. Yeah, so how has your day been? Um... Uh, well... Um, it's been... Uh, boring. I, I haven't really done much today. I stayed up all night and all that, but... Eh, it's... It's okay. Hey, it's okay. Um... Things are... All right. Anyways, I'm. I mean, I'm fine. At least you know. A, a lot of people worry about uh, being like improving and not just like like improving their situation, even if they're just all right right now. You know. So. It's no. it, it's you know as long as you are, you know. Alive and happy, you know, or you know you should you're. You can enjoy your the life that you're living right now i guess it's like why why be you know what why try to fix what's not broke i guess you know i feel like a lot of people like lean towards that way too much like it's a problem but I hear uh, at the same time i understand why some people would want more it's kind of what we do things towards to just improve the situation you know yeah i hear you it's like how I improved my, um, I just improved myself, <laughs> dressed up all fancy-like. And, uh, why, why do you look like an ogre? <laughs> what the fuck is that in the background? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Get default Why danced. is it running at like fucking ten frames per second? Get default danced. Who the fuck is that? Is that Thanos or something? That's Jonesy. That's the default guy. Oh. Um. It's as default dance as you can get it. Is that because right. of my TV um. being recorded and then the webcam capturing it just comes up all bright and everything? Oh, okay. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna just, uh, uh, leave now, and, uh, how do I move my model out of this way? Okay, see ya. Uh... <laughs> 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 
So now that you saw that, this can go away. I thought I thought that was Naruto at first, because I was like, hold on a damn second. <laughs> I thought you got Naru default dancing, because you mentioned the default dance, and it was like, oh, Naruto is in the fucking game now. Oh my god, that would have been... <laughs> No, I hear you. But, uh... Anyways, bye now. <laughs> uh, how do I dismantle this? Uh, how do I... Oh. Uh, there we go. Hi, guys, it's me. And now it's me, Jen! <laughs> no. Anyways, uh, let me just get rid of all this shit. Uh, Alright, uh, anyways. Don't make me put on the made outfit. Anyways, um. Uh, shit. Y you know, some people actually fucking think that it's creepy that I can make my voice sound like a fucking, like, um. Anime tiny, like. Waifu girl or something, <laughs> or whatever the fuck it's called. Um. Or that I can just. Like, really, like this. Every but, day, I can imagine a future where I can be every with you. Day, I can imagine a future. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, I remember I one day, Alpaca head. commented that when I emulated that song, I sounded really close to Monica, which is the funny part. So, yes and no. Um, well, pretty close. At least. I at least that sounded more like 20 to 30 percent close yeah um meanwhile i can like you know i can try to emulate something like that but at the same time it like i don't know no i hear you all i know it, for a fact is just we like our waifus man we like our waifus i know alpaca wants his hot today miku i want my pyra mithra and other waifus that I have in my collection. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. <laughs> I know he wants to meet the main metal girls too. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> How many of those fucking pop figurines of them do you do you have all like is there I have, I have the trio. I have the trio. Why is there only two then? I, I, need, to see, I need to see all of this and then um you know uh yeah, what was that Metallica song? Uh, exit life, enter. Uh, uh, um, uh, fuck this place. I have no idea. In fact, I think the third one. Oh, there it is. Oh, great! You found the third one. Now I really have to make an escape attempt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. God damn it. This you really do. One. This is the main one, and these two are the other singers. 
<laughs> I accidentally let go. I don't know where my character went now. You have to, you have to place your character back. I literally have to unload it. One second. Oh, that's the wrong one. Get the fuck out of here. Get get off of my mic. Motherfucking... <laughs> uh, oh, now I'm moving the box. Uh, mo Motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> Stop sticking to me! <laughs> Jesus. Alright, um... Uh... Alright. I'm all set now. Where were we? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Escaping in the one place that hasn't been touched by J-pop. just like uh use this as a helmet because this is the best i got uh <laughs> the fucking lights stuck ah, i'm caught in the lights god damn it help ah! <laughs> Oh, uh, now you have to not only unload yourself, but you have to like reanimate your avatar. Uh, yeah. Speaking of which, I I actually just fucking um, I just unplugged my my camera. That's why I can't my my lips aren't moving on this character. <laughs> Hello. What the fuck? In one second. Camera off. Bop, bop, bop. Woo! Alright. Well, um. Well, that was fun. Um, was where were we? <laughs> wow, I can't. I snored like a freaking pig with that inhale. Oh my god, that was disgusting. Um. 
Yeah, I, I burped like I was throwing up. Um, and <laughs> uh, anyways, um, yeah. Um, so, okay, let's actually uh, get back to serious business here. So, what is actually new with you? Um, I I discovered uh, space travel. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> uh, anyways, what's new with with me? Um. I found out how to untangle myself from uh, Christmas lights. Um, so, anyways, um, so it finally snowed a considerable amount, um, and uh, you know, um, we're actually shuffling. Hey, fun, awesome, snow. Um, thanks. Uh, snow for existing i don't know um but anyways um i got a car registered we have a new car um it's like it's good it doesn't shimmy around or make a weird noise congratulations man oh my god that's great yeah we have somebody that we know that's he's partially a mechanic like i don't know if he does cars for a hobby or if he actually has a profession in it or if he just is really knowledgeable like um kind of like how i am with computers i can build one if you gave me the correct parts and everything and i get it done also give me a good working space not just the floor of course uh but you know i'd, I'd get that done but I, I don't know if it's like that or if like he Build or if he just like uh builds them not from the ground up but works on them as time goes on from the factory to 20 years from later, you know. Um, so he had a car that we traded, I believe we traded uh, I don't know what we traded in for, it was not another car, but it was. I think we so half of it we paid for and then half of it he we he got something from it and I really can't remember. Um so yeah. Um but yeah, he sees friends, you know, and stuff. So it's pretty pretty great. Um and so there's the car. Uh also there it was a pain though, cause like the back license plate the screws that we're in they would not fit like they would not um there were no uh like uh screws that we could use so we had to literally thread brand new slightly bigger ones to get the license plate on which it's okay by me it's just oh god it was a pain to go back and forth from the store once it was finally able to be on the road and all that um, because, of course, we couldn't just, you know, drive it there at that point. We need the license plate on. You can't just drive down the street like that. Um, so there's that. Um, and, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I finally ran out of space on my hard drive, and I cleaned out a bunch of, uh, test recordings where I'm literally just going, like, testing all the time fun so yeah so, so that's a thing 
Um, anyways, uh, I guess that's it. Oh, yeah, also, I got a RGB, like, uh, mat, mouse mat. Uh, it's, it's generic. It just flickers rainbow, or you can set it to a static color, or let it, like, fade into another color through the rainbow and stuff. Um, that's pretty much it, though. Um, and, uh, oh, I rekindled my love for, um, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> put that away now. You put that away now. You put that away now. Give it away, give it away now. Sorry. Um. <laughs> uh. I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers Papa. That was great. <laughs> um. Uh, but... And all seriousness, uh, <laughs> uh, I, re <laughs> I rekindled my love. <laughs> um, for like uh, older computer games that I can somehow forcefully emulate, like MS DOS or old or no, like a a disc um disc uh, games um like the ones that i bought last week i think i remember mentioning um i found out how to not emulate them but make it so they can actually play properly you know oh like, wow so you got um, like windows xp sort of old games yeah the, like the original sims the first game and new vegas on disc Wow. Fallout New Vegas on disc and yeah, last a few others. Yeah, well, I was going to say, last episode we actually made a proposed, like, how do we think we should remake Fallout New Vegas? Go check that out today, by the way. Yeah, about that. I wonder. Yeah, like, uh, it, not to talk too much about it already, but, like, again, I mean, um, now that I think about it, like, I would love it if it was just the graphics are enhanced and the, not the sprint is, in, is like a thing anymore because I swear every, every modern game has to have a sprint function and I don't know why. Like, I don't know. Not gonna lie, I actually was playing more of this lovely gem of a game. And you installed the, the sprint modification. Well, actually, the... sprint was already in the game, so. Yeah. I bet you enabled the 2x speed. You know? I wish there was, but no, there actually was a legit sprint button in the game. I used to be a part of the chess club. Anyway, um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyways, um. But yeah, no, I, I found out a way to, like, make them work properly through, like, compatibility mode. And it's weird. And also, I, like, I had to jerry-rig a uh, CD player, because most cases don't have that as a thing, so. Oh, you think, yeah. you didn't just buy a random one off of, like, an external one, you, had, you just 
it's literally an external it's literally an internal one that's just like it's just it's right here it's just here and i plug it in every once in a while from a really long SATA cable that's hanging out the back of the computer which it's gaudy but it works i I love this damn thing uh yeah it's uh it's uh the same one from my gateway pre-built which sparked my interest in um pc gaming and using a computer for more than just web browsing you know for all your basic all my basic needs oh hey sadie how you doing (laughs) how you doing kitty kitty Love you too, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, um, cats have been okay. Um, that's good. As for me, I am done with my college semester for the. Well, just to clarify, I am done with college for the semester. So, woo, woo, hell yeah! So that's great news because that means I'll have more time to channel in some content I've been meaning to make for a little while now and on topics here just get my things straightened up over here cleaning up my room and whatnot things I've been meaning to hold off but I've maybe need to get to but could because I've been just so busy oh yeah life has a way of doing that mm-hmm. especially when you have a, like you literally have to like if you want to make this like you know 100% energy all the damn time you're never gonna sleep you know and you need, like, That's... freaking, like, RX. Like, I actually, at one point in time, believe it or not, when I was trying to crush through the uh, research paper, I literally had to freaking go out of my way and got myself an Arizona RX Energy Tea and, like, two oh. other iced teas that I used to, like, crank out a research paper all night, and it was brutal. But now I don't Jeez, have to... That's... Yeah. It was not fun. It's shitty yeah. having to, you know... Yeah, but... Yeah, you know, that's how work is, really. Mm. I mean, at least when you're actually trying to get by, you know, it. Like, I feel like uh, a lot of a lot of lot of this stuff, it it, it's really testing your endurance at this point. You know, it's not really your, uh, you know, your skill level. It's more like, can you get this done in this certain amount of time, sort of thing. Um. I know high school's a lot like that, where they test your, you know, test how you, um, how, can you remember this stuff? Like, can you do this stuff faster? And it kind of just, they just test you at this point. It's not really a, uh, it's, it's not your learning anymore. It's that you are, they're testing your ability to remember and endure through that sort of remembrance, you know. And with college, I can only assume it's a lot more, uh, well, it's a lot different from high school, I guess, in a sense. Like, in the sense that it's kind of like, you're actually learning more skills that are not just algebra, you know, or, you know. Yeah, you do have a couple classes that are like that, where it's just like, or it's like, you know, you standard history, science classes, and that's a, but a lot of the classes you learn are also like based on certain subject areas that you know you're going to need. Like, yeah. in my yeah. case, I do business 
I'm majoring in business management. That's what that's my goal. So like I learned like principles of management. I also did like principles of accounting, principles of managerial accounting. I did like principles of finance a semester, and all the other business focused classes. Yeah, I hear you. That even though some of it may not seem like they're gonna overall be useful, the core concepts will be useful. No, business is a really big thing, especially if you are in the um, well, you know, in the line of business, of course, but um, in the line of like uh, you know, uh, managing how a business works, I guess you know, or stuff like that. I know that it's it's really important to know, um like what to look for um when you know uh decisions you know i I, i'm not too knowledgeable in this sort of area as well but um i you know i know that businesses are a complicated thing and um personally if i do get the chance to have a class in college you know for that sort of stuff if i ever do attempt college um I would probably pick business and technology and maybe art. I don't know. I've always, I've always wanted that sort of like creativity sort of stuff. Um, like I'm you want to be really an animator or something like that or something like that or maybe I don't know. I I want to like have the graphic, skills that or like graphic design and games or something like that. Yeah, that might work. That that would. That would be good to have a uh, the ability to have that sort of stuff because a business needs advertisement and advertisements usually are catchy, you know. Um, so that where's that's where art, uh, technology, knowing how to broadcast that, you know, advertisement sort of stuff. It kind of pieces together. I feel. Oh, especially um, like if you especially take a marketing class. That is like a very key one because that's one of the ones I took was a principles of marketing class, and they literally go over like the proper procedures for marketing and all that sort of stuff. And I've get, gathered some experience from that class. So that's a good one nice. to take too. If you really want to focus on like improving things like marketability, that's a good class to take. Oh yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I, I think it, um, I think it, those are the classes that I, I take along with marketing. Cause, but you know, like you just mentioned, but, um, I mean, also, I'd like to, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm already good at cooking. I mean, it's a basic skill everyone should know at this point in life. But, um, I don't know. Like, any sort of arts, I guess, that are, like, you know, generally important. Like, I, I mean, actually, yeah, now that you mentioned animating, that would actually be really useful for, like, if it was game development or this avatar that I'm using right now. This avatar blinks and the mouth moves, but do you see its head turn or any sort of animation that's other than it bubbling up and down and sometimes like slightly breathing a little bit, you yeah. know, like, and by breathing, it just increases the size by like a little bit and then slowly falls down. So it's like, it's not even really animation at that point. So yeah, I, mean, I know that, basic yeah, I know that once I get to learn so now that once I get around to making Epic Stick Adventure, which by the way, that's another product I'm working on. I have an update regarding that pretty soon too. 
I mm -hmm. wanted to actually implement Adobe Animator, which is a program you can use to, like, make, like, 2D images, like, animate and, sh and all that crazy stuff without the keyframe everything. I see. So that's something I want to learn how to use, too. So that's why I want to make Epic Sick Adventure just that much better, because I want to make sure everything is perfect with it. Yeah. I want to make it better than any of the, the any, I want to make that show better than the other animations that are on my channel right now. And the current direction I had when I first made the update video that showed a glimpse of what it was going to be just did not seem like what I wanted it to go. Oh yeah, I hear you. I know how you said, like, you felt like it almost seemed like it didn't you didn't improve over the years. I mean, at that point, you really, you know, it, were you even doing animation classes at all since that time gap? No, I actually just completely just did. That was all just me learning how to just use, like, Sony Vegas to, like, manipulate, like, keyframes. That's all I pretty much did. Even now? I, I self-taught all that. Okay, so then... I really wouldn't be too hard on yourself, but I, I of course, understand that, yeah, that's a, you know, you want to improve that, so that's a problem, you know, and, uh, you know, that's something you do got to focus on then, yeah. Um, I just need the, the right equipment and stuff like that to make it work, and right now with my computer, you know, not handling certain content creation the best, uh, to the yeah. standard I want to be. I kind of just have to make it so that, you know, I'm doing more of the simpler projects now, and then later on, once I get this computer upgrade, I can then start doing the more advanced stuff I want to do. And hopefully Definitely. I can get that done within, like, another year or two. I can have this computer upgraded, and I can start really pumping out the content I truly want to make. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. why... That's partially why Godcast, the overall series, it had some rough bumps within, you know, the episodes. Because not only do we are we still trying to improve on our speaking capabilities when trying to present the material, it's also because of the fact that we have these audio issues that have plagued many of the earlier episodes. Yeah, and that was uh, a little rough at that point. But uh, I think... Um, I think... You know, now we're doing pretty fine. You know, I mean, I know I noticed a little bit that my audio was a little loud compared to yours and the some of the other episodes before us, before this. But you know, it's definitely better than no noise suppression or, uh, you know, it's it's winter, so we, I can't exactly have an AC on. But you know, or the famous if if any of you watch any of the early episodes. We have a famous thing where cars are swooshing by the windows from our good friend Alpaca. Yeah, and that's uh, because uh, uh, the noise suppression was like uh, either not on or absolutely terrible um, at its job where I would sound like I'm underwater, but you wouldn't get any cars swooshing about. Or you'd get cars swooshing about, and I'm just like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, dude. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, 
Uh, among other things, yeah. Um, you can see if the oh god, sorry. You can definitely tell though that we've done our best to improve. You know this and that. You know and you know. Um, personally, I felt like some of the episodes that we've had are really, uh, really great. You know, even though it might not really seem like like that to, I guess, for you, Hydrowave, but um... no, absolutely, there are some golden moments. Like, especially if any of you go back to episode three, there were some golden comedy moments in that one too, and some of the new, and even in episode four when we started going through, you know, the Activation Blizzard saga that never ends. Oh uh, yeah, it's never ended from for like. It'll, it will stop eventually, I think, you know, eventually yeah. there will be something, but uh, the core um, issues, I guess, if that makes sense, are, you know, uh, it will always be a, a thing, you know, you know, that has happened, and it, the only time we heal, I guess, at that point, you know, like, like they say, um... Mm. Yeah, I hear you. Like, you know, it's as we say, you know, we're trying to improve our content here. I know that, like I said, there are some rough patches, but if you can get by those rough patches, there are some gold moments. And I would highly recommend you check out a lot of the earlier episodes because there, like I said, there's some golden comedy moments in them. And, and a lot of them, uh, not a lot of them, but a good chunk of them featured one of our dearest friends that as so many of you have realized, hasn't appeared too much on the show as much as we would have liked. So. And I don't think that'll change. You know. No, that's... And, uh... Even though we'd want it to, you know, but... Uh... It's it's whatever you know. I I uh, I've tried to mention it, but uh, to that person, but uh, it's you know he doesn't believe it's uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it's for like. I don't know. Um, but it's okay. You know. It, most of the episodes have been fine. Yeah. You know. Obviously, and, it's most episodes have been the two of us just learning about technology and just giving our thoughts on everything around just both gaming and technology. Yeah. And, well, I, you know. Well, I'd love to have it be the Godcast as we thought it was. Right now, it's it's okay. Like I said uh, before, where uh, it's some people try to try to uh, fix what's not broken, and you know, uh, try to improve a situation that's 
not that bad anyway. Right. So, I mean, it's it's whatever, you know. It, but besides it, this lengthy intro that we've had this episode, we do have a lot of news topics let's go over today. Going from new modes in Halo Infinite to NFTs in Stalker 2 to a lot of interesting tech topics like, you know, Amazon and expanding their food delivery services and Ford delivering food. And we also have a whole lot of topics here today. Oh, there are plenty. Oh, yeah. Um, we get to talk about how there was going to be a U.S. U.S. postal system actually experimented with blockchain for for a supposed voting system. And with that being said, let's get on to the topics here for today, because we, again, have a lot to talk about. And our first topic for today... Let's let the browsers go load. We're going to talk about how Halo Infinite has gotten some new modes. Like, actual modes that you can play. Ooh, and it's... Uh, like, almost, uh, almost like a week, like like six days later after the campaign dropped yeah so a whole lot of slayer modes yep we got to kick ass in zeta halo and now uh back to multiplayer and stuff i guess but with slayer fiesta free-for-all and tax slayer which eh. i i remember we were just talking about tax Layer, because I remember that you said you didn't have that great of an experience with it, because you thought that a good chunk of the people that were on there were all hacking or something like that. So I, I'm not usually the type of person that'd be like, "Oh, he's hacking," because this or that. Usually, I just I don't really care, you know. But um, I'm joining Tax Slayer for the like a tactical Slayer match for the first time, and uh, I assume. It is pretty much just headshots only with no shields, just one burst people in the head, and you get a kill. Um, and you start off with a battle rifle and all that, but um, for some reason, I was not seeing these people. They were, like, not, not invisible. They weren't using the invisible camel, but they were like popping off shots before I could even truly see them. Um and like if I turned around the corner I was dead immediately. Like if I saw them as I'm running about, you know, I was dead. And it didn't matter how quick I was, I got no kills that round, so I I mean and I'm pretty okay at Halo so far. You know, my first game and all that, first, you know, true multiplayer Halo, but um, I'm pretty decent sometimes. You know, most of the time I'm average, equal kills and deaths, um, or a little over either. Um, but uh, in general, I shouldn't have been that bad, or maybe it's just because I wasn't so used to the higher, like, Time to kill not being applicable because of the shield thing. Uh, but, but, eh, that is, that's fine. I, maybe I just don't get it. 
I'll adapt to it if that's literally just because I'm being a noob or something. Yeah. I, I don't know. So the but, main... Yeah. Here, yeah. But the, yeah but the main thing that we're looking at here is the fact that we obviously have the four noon modes. Slayer, Fiesta, Free-for-All, and Tactical Slayer. And we detail Tactical Slayer quite a bit. But seeing Team Slayer and Fiesta as separate modes is a welcome. Especially considering the fact that one of the modes only happens like one out of four times. And the other one is one that was tied to a limited time event that's just now available. Which, thank God. Mm-hmm. And one just honestly seemed like uh, it never happened. Like, yeah, free-for-all, which I'm surprised that was never a thing and now it's here. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about how Slayer just seemed really scarce. I swear. Yeah. Like you, would, you would hear oddball and then you'd be like oh fuck and then capture the um, flag stronghold stronghold although i do like stronghold so that's that's fair yeah strongholds is pretty fine it's just uh ugh. when can i start playing slayer for slayer you know but man, yeah at the same time you're pretty much playing slayer the entire time except you're cap capturing objectives and a lot of people on top of it, too, just go trying Slayer, but only like two people actually follow the objective, so it's just like... Yeah, I've ran into those lobbies way too many times. Big Team Battle, there's 12 people. You think one of them would run with you to the fucking C flag or the B flag? Like, oh my god. That the next one I feel like needs a that dedicated these dedicated playlists is for Big Team Battle. Big Team Battle really needs a dedicated Big Team Battle Fiesta, Big Team Battle Slayer. Oh, yeah. Though there are some things about Big Team Battle this does address later in here. And if, like I said, free-for-all, it should have been there. It's nice to see a tactical Slayer we just talked about. But they are adjusting some of the challenges based off what they're seeing, and they're also announcing that they're tweaking some of the challenges, which includes... Some of the ones that are more remote specific or like reducing some requirements for others or just making the ultimate weekly challenge less intensive. And they're also adding challenge specific to the new playlist, which is good. So I welcome like playing Slayer, playing this, etc. Definitely. And also, they also announced that, that they are all actively investigating reports of intermittent hiccups affecting some players in big team battle over the last few days prior to this post. Which is good. And the team was continuing to review ranked matchmaking and player feedback around potential anomalies. So, overall, I mean, this is just more proof that 343 is continuing to listen to player feedback and are trying to adjust the game to accommodate whatever they can. Oh, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, and I'm. I'm happy to see a developer or, you know, a team of developers that are actually willing to listen to player feedback, you know, mm -hmm. um, not ones that just do their own thing for years upon years and just, you know, assume what people want, you know, exactly. scarcely drip feed it. Yeah, I don't know if we talked about this earlier, but I know you definitely have been playing the campaign as well. It, yep, because guess who gifted it to me once again? I have to mention that because, oh my god, I'm so happy. Thank you so much. Um, 
Yeah, I've been playing the campaign, and yeah, it really just opens. It's it only takes an hour and like a half usually if you're quick enough. It's through the uh, the very start, um, and uh, you know, it's quite uh, interesting to think of like a world where um, you are basically in a coma and you wake up to a brand new world that has been kind of like decimated by um and it's all because you fell and that you weren't able to be there you know it, it kind of le it i kind of think of that you know like the void in some people's hearts is that you know uh, it's basically avatar last airbender when the world needed him most he vanished that sort of thing you know and um now i'm sorry if i'm spoiling it but basically uh that happens and um now you're on the zeta halo i guess which is home to like some uh thanos looking people i guess so there's that mm -hmm. um oh and uh i i guess cortana did something stupid and blew up the world or something i don't know um i'm sure this is gonna make you want to play through the master chief collection now and try to either get your xbox one out for halo 5 or try to stream it on your computer there's a voice in my head that calls me a stud muffin <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah um uh i mean yeah sure i'd like to see where it came from Honestly, you know, because, uh, you know, I know uh, Master Chief is, uh, you know, he's uh, the ultimate Spartan, I guess, or something, or a legend, you know. I've died plenty of times to hear, so, the legends were fake. Yeah. The Chief is dead or something from the, you know, the uh, jackals or something. Yeah, um, it probably had uh, something no. to do with the fact that they thought that. I don't know. It's a whole weird thing, but all I could uh, say is that you know it's a very interesting series to watch because it's like you have Halo one, two, and three, which again and four, which all roll Master Chief, and then ODST in Reach. You don't necessarily play as Master Chief because I know that in Reach it's like as RPG like elements where you create your own Spartan and play through the campaigns your own Spartan. Yeah. Uh, Basically, the, um, you know, one question I've always had was, uh, how does the multiplayer fit into the, uh, campaign, or is it just non-canon? Multiplayer is, is... red versus blue? <laughs> uh, red versus blue, that is like a, that's like a machinima or, like, Rooster Teeth short series that kind of gotten popular from Halo. Yeah, but why is there a red versus blue team in Halo, you know? I think that was, like, the default team layout back in the day or something like that. Oh, okay. Well, who are these Spartans that are killing each other because of their, uh, um, player, uh, because of their armor color? Don't know. It's usually, like, that's mostly not canonical as far as I know. Okay, because I was like, what is the lore? 
<laughs> I mean, it's funny, Halo does reference Red versus Blue, but it's, like, most of it, it's, like, because the ongoing series for a long time, it's, like, the most popular, like, short. Yeah. So, Halo, Halo does like to reference it here and there, but it's, like, usually not that canon. It's just, like, satire sort of thing. I see. Okay. Makes see? sense. Yeah, it's mostly just you focus on the games, and that's about it. Okay. Well, I mean, hey, I'd rather them, like, you know, not be, like, uh, you know, um, a certain franchise and continue the campaign uh, four years later uh, by uh, using the multiplayer and uh, their battle royale. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Like the the multiplayer is not intertwined with the campaign. They're they they keep them entirely separate. Yeah, I'd rather be a um a nameless non-canon Spartan than a you know seeing the death of a goddamn onion all the time. Yeah. yeah if you get what I'm saying, maybe don't Call of Duty. Duty. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the main series you've been playing for so long, and now it's like you finally stepped into another shooter. That's like, okay, this is starting to come more of my type of thing. Yeah, and uh, it's also uh, one that's not, uh, you know, either plagued by bugs or not cared too much about anymore, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, Titan, like, for instance, Titanfall, which is uh, obviously two, is a, like one of the, a very highly praised game and one that a lot of people play. Is not really supported by the developer anymore. Mm. And Titanfall One, as I remembered, actually got delisted. Really? Yeah. So that did happen. I believe like a week or two ago that happened. So you can't get Titanfall One anymore. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Oh man, yeah. I, I does that like? What does that mean for the series? And like, you know, like. Are they doing it like, you know, are they pulling a rock star and, you know, uh, releasing a definitive uh, uh, edition or something? As long as it's not overly bugged. No, I don't think they're going to do anything Titanfall 1 because that was a purely a multiplayer game. Yeah. Because Titanfall 2 has, has a very strong campaign and it still has a very compelling multiplayer. They're likely just going to make a Titanfall 3 and carry a, try to continue the campaign from 2. Because a lot of people said the campaign for Titanfall 2 was fantastic. I see. So if you ever wanted to play a sing another single-player shooter, and that's usually always on sale, I would say grab Titanfall 2. Hmm. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I, I know Titanfall was a masterpiece for a lot of people. So. Yeah. But Anyways. But back to what I was saying. But the reason I brought Titanfall is because, well, Titanfall has kind of been slow. It's, as of right now, is in a phase of it's being slowly phased out by Respawn to focus more Apex Legends. Yeah, and um, there there was a thing. I think they uh, uh there was like a a group that ended up actually hacking uh Apex Legends before, and they kind of like um messed with the like they they put a message like on this on the like title screen or something i forgot exactly but i remember that and people were like you know wondering what it was but it was about um how titanfall 2's uh servers are 
they have a lot of Packers on there, and they're not doing anything about it. And because they're phasing it out for Apex Legends, because it's, uh, I guess, more profitable as an as a battle royale, you know. Yeah, so there's that, and then you have a lot of other free like free to play offerings like Split, which I believe is the one that's it plays similar ish to Halo, but has portal guns. Yeah, I I was thinking of downloading that, and trying it out because it's, you know, it was like Halo, but it I don't know. I also never got into the Portal, like, franchise, so I was wondering, you know, could I have a bit of fun, like, with, with this t type of stuff, you know? Yeah. And there's numerous other free-to-play shooting games there, like, like, Crossfire X is coming out, too. That's another one that's going to be a thing as well. But as yeah. you probably noticed, there's not really many other competitive shooting franchises that are as interesting as Halo right now. Halo's in a unique situation because it's not like a pay to play, like a paid to get into the game. Like Battlefield no. Call of Duty is right now. Halo's in a unique situation right now because the base multiplayer is free. If you just, you, the $60 is only for that campaign, which from what I could tell from you, Alpaca, you've been really enjoying that. Yeah, I've been quite enjoy enjoying it. It's, you know, um, it doesn't have all the Far Cry ish. Like I saw the outpost sort of thing where it's like, uh, the uh, so, um, the the Cortana of that game uh calls it a fob, but I always thought it was fob, and I'm and I was complaining so much about that. I was like, it's not a fob. Get out of my head. You're not Cortana or something. I don't fucking know. Well, I know that we are going to talk about fobs later, but besides that, yeah. but uh, uh, it's just very triggering, um. So, uh, yeah, because the yeah. AI that that's used for Master Chief in this game is actually different from Cortana. Yeah, that they, they yeah. call the weapon. Yeah, I I didn't really want to reveal the name if that spoiled anything. But no, it's not really a spoiler because they do mention the trailers anyways. Yeah, because like it it was weapon in the subtitles, and I was like, weapon, <laughs> what? Uh, anyways, um. But yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, Halo is in a really interesting position because not even because of it being a free-to-play multiplayer with like a campaign that you can purchase if you'd like to. Um, but I also think because you know, um, with the whole thing with Activision, um, and developers, honestly, the developers feel like they're protesting with how terrible the uh. Uh, no offense how terrible the game is like right now and like a lot of you know uh streamers are actually protesting with how bad it is you know a lot of uh content creators in general that usually like are based around cod they don't like it and i know battlefield 2042 had a interesting launch just like one and five and hell even um I think 4 had a terrible launch as well. Yeah, I, I... Even then, like, also, like, DICE's previous games, too, like, Battlefield, Battlefront 2 from Star Wars especially was terrible. That, oh, one, yeah. that whole game would gotten locked up in a massive microtransaction controversy that is... Whew. Is this good for the player? 
the answer for that one is no. Because that was good for the player. No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, um, there's that. Um, and in general, I know Battlefield 2042. I know a lot of people are actually just—they just—it's not what they wanted. They thought it would be pretty hype, and oh my god, it's, you know, it's, uh, Battlefield killed COD. <laughs> it's like, it's like, um, seeing bronze, silver, and gold, and gold is like a giant, like, erected, uh, statue, while, um, bronze is Vanguard, which is like, the, the size of like a can of Arizona iced tea. Mm. And Battlefield was, like, as tall as, like, um, a single-story house. While the, the gold statue is, like, this mansion or something. It yeah. feels... Because even though Halo has its, has its issues, the core, like, uh, gameplay and bugs are... Uh, the bugs are non-existent, and the gameplay is fine. The progression is the weirdest part, that it's the most, like, handicapped, I believe, or neutered. Yeah. Um, but they're fixing that, and they're listening to the community, which one-ups, um, you know, Vanguard with, you know, Sledgehammer games. They, they're listening to the community, but there's a lot of issues. <laughs> um... And 2042, I know, is like, it's, why am I sideways and shooting out of a helicopter? Yeah, Battlefront no. 2042 is essentially the Cyberpunk 2077 issue right now, because it's just filled with bugs. You know, honestly, I'm starting to think that there's a pattern. <laughs> um, as we progress throughout the, the, the 2000s, um, in 2042... We have sideways helicopters with upside down parachutes, and uh, years later in twenty seventy seven, we have people sitting on benches backwards at fifteen fps. <laughs> pretty soon, the whole world's gonna pretty much all the visuals and the entire like any digital media is gonna come out fifteen frames per second, so that when you look at the real world, it feels like you're playing at like five hundred frames per second. Is this good for the player? <laughs> Maybe uh, probably not. Like having your entire game go light speed. Can the human eye see more than ten frames per second? <laughs> Is this good for the player? <laughs> not. <laughs> not at all. No. So, um, Yang. I hear you on that one. Um, um, but do you but, have anything else to say on Halo Infinite before we move on to the next topic? Um, or anything about first-person shooters in th in this year in general? Um, I feel like uh, you know, um, I feel like there's um. I mean, I, I feel like, 
you know, I feel like there's like a curse, like the like the like a like I feel like first person shooter shooters are like not dying, but I feel like there are a lot of like a lot of games that are coming out nowadays that are trying to be ambitious and never like you know they they you know you pay sixty bucks you get a game but like it, it feels like that like there is not enough time to like 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 there's a curse you know like they release these games and they patch it later on you know it's happened since the dawn of like I believe even the Xbox 360 when there was you know you can download patches sort of stuff but. Yeah, halfway into the 360's lifespan was when it really started to kick up. Yeah, the disc was practically only to read the license, and that was it. I swear, you know, like, but like the these games are forespoken with this like curse, you know. Yeah, like, you pay sixty bucks for this game, and you pay for the disc. Okay, for the physical one, the disc is useless. Like, I don't know if they should start, like, raising the prices so we actually get polished games at, at this point. Because, like, God, I'd rather pay 10 extra bucks than just deal with, like, a shitty broken game at launch, you know? Yeah, so let's talk, let's take a look at this. So, one of the things that people are noticing is that Square Enix is starting to sneak that $69.99 price tag onto their PC games. And I'm showing you right now the the page for Forspoken, but this also is applying to Final Fantasy VII Remake that is also coming to PC, which will also be priced at seventy dollars. So I mean, I, I mean, the game looks pretty cool, I guess, but better mm, Red Dead Two levels of quality. Oh no, like this is actually using the luminous engine that was used for Final Fantasy 15, which that game had a whole development issue on that one cuz that game actually had a many years cycle. Cuz that was originally going to be like Final Fantasy 13 versus. That was what the 15 was originally going to be. It was Final Fantasy 13 versus. But what happened with that game was it took many years of development actually. And because it took so long, they just turned it into Final Fantasy XV instead. I see. And it was all because they were trying to use this Luminous engine. That was just being a bit of a pain. So a lot of it was really just developing a new engine. Yeah. Which gets you to what you see. Eventually, you to what you see here. Because Luminous Productions, that's the developer. Mm -hmm. But besides the point... This also is affecting Final Fantasy V, or Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is on the Epic Game Store. Okay. And if you see that, it's priced at $69.99 or $70. Yeah. I'm looking it up right now. god so why is it that they're asking 10 bucks more or 9.99 more 
And honestly, the thing that's gets to get me alarming too is that with how current game development is going right now, a lot of companies are going to see that sixty nine ninety nine price tag, and they're not really going to improve anything. Yeah. Have you noticed and... too, like Call of Duty and Battlefield for like the PS Five and Xbox Series X is seventy dollar price tag? Yeah, I have noticed that, and uh, I think it's like the upgrade if you want to be able to upgrade the list uh addition i think you pay an extra fee i think i'm not too sure yeah there's for those games you have to upgrade you have to pay an upgrade fee and on top of two sony's even going that path more aggressively too the only exception to that rule is horizon forbidden west because that was originally now to have a free upgrade and a lot of players backlash on that but every game going forward from sony is going to have that ten dollar upgrade fee to make it seventy dollars and I have a feeling that with some of Sony's future games, they're going to try, try to push that $70 price tag on PC as well. Yeah, and... The, I, I can only hope that this is just a, a, a worker's tax or something. I don't know. Like, but I'm going to be completely honest. This is not what I mean when I say that I'd rather pay 10 extra bucks um yeah if the games are like still terrible at launch of course no i'm not paying extra just to get like uh more lettuce on my sub i guess <laughs> um yeah like... i'm not paying for uh the extra cherry on top of the uh shit sunday exactly it's like imagine if i bought this and i flew <laughs> off the screen <laughs> but then if these three were in a set and i had to pay 10 more dollars to complete the set Actually, well, actually, this is a terrible analogy, but I'm like, if I had these three figures, but then I was told, hey, we have a set of upgraded figures that have more realistic eyeballs and more lifelike proportions and everything like that for 10 extra dollars, and you just bought these, would you like to be able to experience the, what they call the next-gen upgrade for that? But, I mean, the difference here is that this is its hardware. Actually, well, technically, these <laughs> figures would be hardware. Ima oh my god, imagine having these things have, like, processing power of, like... Imagine one of these equal to PS5 and Xbox Series X for freaking performance. Oh my god, just stick three of them on top of your computer and you your computer would be stupid fast. Oh yeah, certainly. I, I bet. You know, <laughs> hopefully they adapt to a uh, speed metal because uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, anyways, um, so, uh, but is this good for the player? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no, uh, not at all. Um, unless it's actually a, an upgrade, like, which I don't think so. Like, if Cyberpunk 2077, this lovely gem of a game, 
<laughs> yeah. What about it? I, th I thought you were pulling something else out. <laughs> I mean, do you want me? <laughs> no. I mean, this lovely gentleman game. If this was ten dollars more. Yeah. Would you buy the game if it was ten dollars more, exactly as it is? Uh, no. It, like as it is on Series X, but with performance on. Yeah, I guess. But um, if I bought it as it is on the PlayStation Four and Xbox One for ten extra dollars, no. Well, the point is that would you pay an extra ten dollars for more resources to make a game better or whatever? Just because, or mostly, a lot of people are thinking that this is just a ten hour increase because oh, of the fact sorry. that resources are increasing. Um, development resources and engines and all this other stuff are getting much more expensive. More staff is needed because they have to create these higher fidelity games. Yeah, and I I do agree agree with that, but um. To an extent, um, yeah, because I understand. Yeah, the the argument is that, um, is that you know it it is, you know, you go from eight bit like anyone like I think I remember saying this before is you can create an eight bit game anytime nowadays with your with a basic computer, but if you try to push more pixels and more uh, you know uh, physics and uh, try to emulate more things eventually gets taxing and I understand that but uh, if companies were to abuse that fact kind of like uh, you know um, uh, selling you the monitor without the stand itself you know um, I think that's a bit different than you know paying to make sure that the game is uh good at launch and is you know worth the price tag at launch you know yeah or how when nintendo made the two, nintendo 2ds which is a revision of the 3ds they actually did not provide a charger are you shitting me i believe it was the the three the new 3ds excel as well i don't remember but i know it's like one of the 3ds revisions they actually did not sell a charger the fuck you taking notes out of Apple Nintendo? <laughs> Jesus. So I I've seen this happen. So a similar situation like that has happened where you could buy a monitor without a stand. Well, I could just look at Nintendo and how they didn't sell a freaking charger on the 3DS on the 3DS revisions. Okay, so I get it. You can get a lightning cable pretty easily, but Nintendo's chargers are. A little bit more than just proprietary. They change every damn model, I swear. The one for the DS Lite is different from the DS from the Game Boy uh, Advance to the 3DS. And I think that, I don't know if the 2DS was any different, but I know the, the 2DS, Switch one probably is. All the 3DS would. All the 3DS would do the same port. Okay. Well, uh. Honestly, like, and the DSi was different, 
uh, I think, from the light. So you had to carry all these damn chargers. That's even more greedy. I mean, at least with Apple, they had the similar, the same damn lightning cable, maybe a different revision, I guess, but they still charged. You just didn't get, like, supercharging, I guess, whatever. Ugh. Yeah, in this case, I, at Now least... that I know that, that triggers me. I'm never looking at Pikachu the same. Well, at least to be fair, Nintendo learned their lesson, and then the entire Switch is based off USB Type-C. Oh, okay, good. Nintendo learned the lesson. It's all USB Type-C with the Switch. Hey, at least they won't get sued by Europe. Oh! Woo! Sorry. <laughs> Go watch um, that episode for more information. Anyways. Hell yeah. Anything else you want to say about the $70 price tag or anything about Forspoken or Final Fantasy VII Remake you want to talk about? Uh, mm, no, I just hope it you know, uh, I hope this is good for the player. <laughs> I guess. Um, I probably not locked. if you're if you're a Call of Duty or Battlefield player. Yeah. If you're into uh, RPGs, this could be a good thing. Provided they can push the visuals and everything properly, but. You sure it's not for arcade shooters? Oh, uh, we're gonna talk about that because some douchebag out in New Orleans. Locked people inside an arcade and then smashed arcade games in a two-day rampage. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Yeah, so on Sunday, December 14th, someone in the Sea Cave Arcade and Bar in Bywater neighborhood of New Orleans allegedly began covering a vintage arcade cabinet with stickers from a supermarket price gun. When arcade owner Judah Lee asked him to leave, the customer responded by asking if he was interested in dying. That was the beginning of a really, you know, screwed up night at the Sea Cave. Yeah, the article actually used profanity in this case. So, I mean, then again, we we say that word all the time in the podcast. (laughs) Sorry. Is this good for the viewer? (laughs) Sorry. Then again, uh, I show... shouldn't laugh. This guy is fucking insane, and I'm sorry. I, this is not me- meant for like this guy is like not right. Yeah, the customer who goes by the name The Wolf was a relatively new member of the Sea Cave who had already developed a reputation for being rude and making other patrons uncomfortable. After the initial confrontation, Lee refunded the Wolf's membership fee and kicked him out. Out in the parking lot, the wolf brandished a butterfly knife, the official knife of someone trying to look cool. Gee, we already know someone with that anyways. And mentioned owning an assault rifle before leaving at around 7.30 p.m. A half hour later, he returned, allegedly locked the arcade's front doors with a bicycle lock, trapped customers and employees inside. They started smashing windows, sending glass flying everywhere. Look at... (laughs) Jeez. If you look at the article here, they actually have an image. Holy crap. He fucking cleaned out the... the... Jesus Christ. And they say how the employees and customers escaped through the back door. They called the police, but by the time they arrived, the wolf already fled. So he left by the time the police already came there. God. Oh, I guess I'm just getting the zoom in picture loaded on my 
computer here. So I guess we could take a look at that if it loads up in time. If not, I'll just close it out. There you go. So I got zoomed in a bigger view of the picture. So viewers, you see over there. But anyways, later tonight, according to owner Lee, the vandal came back. Lee says he watched on security cameras from his home as the wolf vandalized the arcade with an axe inside and out. Again, Lee called the cops. Again, they arrived too late. Between 1 a.m. and 2.30 a.m., the wolf smashed every monitor, arcade machine, television, and window in the sea cave. Think about that. I don't know what to. I don't know what to think about that. That's f like, god damn. And it says Lee estimates the total damage between thirty and fifty thousand dollars. And there's photos at the CK's Facebook page, which, if you are reading the article, Alpaca, you can actually click. I am. There's a. You can click on the underlying text, and it'll take you there. Where's that? Um, paragraph of the broken arcade machines. There's like a two lines above. Okay. It'll link to take right to the Facebook page. Uh, I need to log in. Fucking hell. Um, that's okay. Yeah, it I'll, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can view it anyways, but I wish I was able to share my screen, but whatever. Oh, it says when this happens, it's usually because the owner only shared with a small group of people. So, never mind. I can't even see it. Aw. But anyways, wait, there's more. Monday evening around 10 p.m., a group of employees and regular patrons were helping clean up the mess when the wolf allegedly returned, this time brandishing a handgun. According to Archigoer Matt Ray, the group were taping up busted windows when the wolf ran up behind them, gun in hand, and shouted, Tell them to shut it down. I'm Cartel. The group fled and the wolf ran off. Fortunately, he was arrested at 11.45 p.m. on Monday night. And now he's saying, now owner Lee, who locked a barcade in its original location back in 2016, is looking for help getting the CK back into gaming shape. Not a single one of his hand-painted arcade machines escaped the incidents without damage. Vintage TVs hooked to older consoles were smashed. Lee has set up a GoFundMe campaign to help take care of damages not covered by insurance and to keep his employees paid during the downtime. So, it, let's take a look at this GoFundMe campaign while we're here, shall we? Sure. Oh, hey. Hey, people have ra raised uh, past the goal. 25 people just donated. Wow, holy crap. Yeah. We hope this can get up to the $50,000 mark in no time to get all these machines repaired and whatnot, because... Who knows how many machines could have been relatively unique and hard to obtain. It's... I'm... I'm... It's sad to see these get fucking busted up by... Somebody who's... More than definitely not right in the head. Oh, definitely. Honestly. I right. hear you. 
you know. Like, this is just meant to be a friendly place to just go ahead and play some games and have munchies. And instead, it got tarnished by this one guy who decided, you guys suck. Yeah, he let his ego go above his fucking, you know. His ego was worth more to to himself than, you know, his integrity. I guess. Yeah, and knows how too. He felt like he was the cartel at one point. And who knows if those claims are even founded, you know? Yeah, like, it, it, this literally was like, this almost could have been a cry wolf situation too on the owner, which would have been horrible. Yeah. Like, imagine if, like, you're trying to honestly report this on, like, hey, this actually happened, but the guy is gone. Three times. Yeah, and he's committed a lot of... Uh, this is like... This is like... Uh, beyond just de destruction of property. This is like, you know... Like, my god, this is the entire fucking arcade being smashed up by somebody who, you know... It, my god you know yeah and the worst part too is you know this could this is a damage to game preservation too cause like what if you can't get the replacement monitors for these machines yeah the only way I could see it is you know it it, it, it it's really sad to see this you know what because I am pretty big on game preservation but i i just think you know not not only can these probably not be recovered you know um you know how the simpsons arcade uh never got a port to this nest that's kind of scary but um the other thing is i'm just afraid that like these people you know this is one in like a, there's millions of these types of people who their ego is more important you know it's like scary that this could have happened anywhere you know yeah like it's alarming and just like you, it makes you really want to protect your property at all times and making sure that the proper safeguards, but at the same time, it's like, how are you going to be able to do that when, you know, you have people like the wolf here who just wants to go berserk on everything. It's like almost as bad as a mass shooting, especially like Sandy Hook or whatever. But the difference is, is that it's killing people with arcade machine, which makes it not as bad, but it's just a massive debt in history, even. Yeah. It. I'm glad it's not people, but it is a really, you know, it is really sad to see that, you know, this place is like, arcade places are places that you hang out at, you know, this is, you know, you know, where you go to hang out and just enjoy, you know, a slice of you know, the 90s, 80s, you know, uh, I mean, 
you know, a little bit before, um, you know, a little bit before, you know, we are connected, you know, through telephone and, yeah, I mean, through, well, telephone, uh, smartphones, you know, it's, you know, we actually have to interact and all that, you know, and hang out and stuff. It's not, you know. The only screens that we talk to each other through are the arcade machines, you know? Or across a pool table or something, you know? Yeah. And then um, you have this situation here where we're just talking to them via a cameras and microphones. Yeah. And, but I'm just saying, like, you know, to see this community place almost, you know, you can go here and just, you know, chill with your friends, you know? Um,. To see this place kind of just destroyed by one person who wasn't in the right mind, it's just... Uh, yeah, especially too scary. when... Yeah, well, especially too, it's like when you could see here that some guy would just cut... It all began because some guy wanted to cover it on the arcade cabinet with stickers from a supermarket price gun. Yeah, and that's... It's not his property. Exactly. Yeah. And just like, how... Why, first off, why would you want to cover an arcade machine with a supermarket gun? And second of all, why did you want to level everything up to this sort of extreme? Yeah, it's... That's all it is, though. It's their ego is more, uh, is worth more than, uh, living a fair life, you know? Exactly. That's all I can say, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some people boil it up to, like, you know, like, uh, uh how do I say it? Yeah, some people boil it up to, you know, um, you know, they think that something has been taken away from them, you know, <laughs> or that they feel like it's worth more to them, you know, than, uh, than just, how do I say it, like, this, this cabinet up here, this Capcom, I, I really can't recognize it because it's so fucking beaten up, but, uh, the, the one on the GoFundMe page, like, That's a, a chunk of history, you know, that we'll never get back, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's probably millions of these arcades somewhere anyways, but, um, some people believe that this is, uh, that chalking it up to this amount of, uh, destruction, they feel like they get this, like, adrenaline, this, like, power, like, feel to them. They think that they're the top of the fucking world, you know? And they think just because they get, you know, this or that out of it, that they are untouchable, you know? And it's, it's really difficult to, you know... And the worst part is that they project, they feel like other people are being power hogs, you know? 
and they assume because, you know, if they get banned off of this arcade place, you know, then that is them being greedy, so they should pay for it, and, it, you know, it's like, God, I don't know, it's like, it's so backwards, it's, they're so damn blind, you know, stuff like this is, I mean, I know this guy probably isn't in his right mind to, uh, you know, do something like this, obviously, and I, I wouldn't say that he's part of cartel or something. He's just doing that to scare them. Uh, they think there's more pressing matters than just smashing up the sea cave because I got kicked out of it and my license card for it was revoked. You know, that's like if your license for your car got revoked and... I mean, that's a little bit different because it's like, you know, you need a car and stuff, but... Um, that's like saying if your license got revoked because you were driving under the influence, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like saying that all, all of a sudden, the, like, you know, the cop that pulled me over is a bad person and I need to exact revenge on the whole fucking, you know, department, you know, like, and, and that's like saying that that guy, that police, that you know, pull the over is a bad person. No, they're making sure that you don't hit somebody, you know? Yeah. I but, get uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, well, that's all, uh, you know, well, well, that's all, uh, I'm just glad that this guy got past his goal, the owner. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, on to the, uh, next, uh, thing unless yes. you have something else we do have something else and we get to talk about how sony is finally doing something about the playstation shell thing go fuck yourself rich i'm just kidding <laughs> no we're not we're not freaking d brand here trying to flip someone off i mean although it would be funny if one of us etched something onto something that we gifted to one of our friends like that um i'm thinking about it yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, like, uh, you, uh, setting me, uh, the, uh, pop vinyls, and I'm just gonna, like, <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, uh, here, here we go, um, DualSense controllers and, uh, console covers, and they're in something that isn't, a like, a stark clean white like uh you know uh shell that's easy to get like d it, you know how old computer cases used to get like yellowy over time <laughs> i'm afraid the same thing will happen but hey you know how that whole thing happened with the brand about the dark plates they got their own dark plates and yeah. now we also got pink purple blue and oh my god it's the uh, controller buttons. I just realized. That's. I don't. That that shouldn't blow my mind because, you know. Well, wouldn't when the controller buttons be green, the triangle be green. Uh, fuck you. Just kidding. Uh, uh, one of the uh, so, uh, 
the, the purple one, yeah, I know. But uh, uh, let's just uh, assume one of the guys was like uh, uh, colorblind, okay? <laughs> right. Well, anyways, yeah. So pretty much what they're doing here is if you look on the article here, you'll notice that you know you have all these PlayStation Five shells that are all of you pretty cool colors. Yeah. The black and the red ones already had controller colors for them. Oh, they did. Oh, the red one did. It's yeah, the red, the, the the velvet red one, whatever. That one actually was released as a controller color already. So now there's actually face plates that match them. I see. Anyway, so pretty much what they're announcing here is that they are please, they you know, corporate speak. They're offering new controller options of Nova Pink, Starlight Blue, and Galactic Purple. Mm. So if you you could see so the bright blue the pink and the purple. Yeah. Uh, adding to the previous release, Cosmic Red and Midnight Black controller offerings, these three, the three colors that we just saw here, are going to be launching in January 2022. That's great and all. Some nice new colors. Oh, yeah, certainly. You know, and there's the digital one and the uh, Blu-ray disc one. Um Yeah they work on uh but does it have uh ventoles like the deeper and dark plates well the thing is they match exactly as the original so i don't think they have specified like vent slots oh okay but so, they don't really need to because again they specifically designed for how the original ps5 was meant to be yep run yeah i just i worry about temperatures that sort of stuff i guess yeah. I guess in that case, then perhaps you would probably want to get one of the D brand plates if you're concerned about that. Is this good for the player? Yes, actually. Uh, you have options. Yeah, but only because the uh, ventilation choking is consensual. Yeah, and <laughs> and as you can see here, after the plate, the most important aspect is the fact that they have all the plates match for each of the colors. Yeah, definitely. That's the most no important announcement is that we finally have official PlayStation plates. Yeah. The only thing I hope is that they would do the same thing for, like, the limited edition consoles. So, like, for instance, like, if you get the limited edition console, rather than go out and buy, spend another four to $500, you could just buy the plate. Yeah, certainly. I'd also love to get a Master Chief branded one. <laughs> <laughs> like that's never gonna happen on a freaking PlayStation. <laughs> For my newfound Halo, um, uh, my newfound uh, uh, liking to Halo. You know, I can now, I can now play Halo Infinite on the uh, PlayStation Four. <laughs> you oh know shit! I just realized Sony, Microsoft. Oh fuck. Oh. Oh, I I made a big airhead, not just a small airhead. Although to be uh. fair, there was a Halo Infinite Xbox Series X that did get released. Oh yeah, and there was an RTX uh 3090 or a, I think it was an RX 69000 XT uh which was Halo Infinite edition. That's cool too. And Nvidia uh, also has a Matrix Resurrection uh computer 
uh, liquid cooled. So you can win that if you go on Twitter and uh, follow them and all that other stuff. Not not sponsored, affiliated or anything. It's yeah. just a thing that I saw. So uh, yeah, is this good for the play? Sorry. Yeah. So if we scroll down a little bit more, they are confirming that. The Midnight Black and Cosmic Red PS5 covers will be available on January 22nd at retailers in U.S., Canada, U.K., France, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, Spain, Portugal, Italy, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Indonesia, Vietnam, Korea, and the Philippines. Thank God they didn't forget Japan. Don't forget the quarter. Mm-hmm. The Noah Pink Galactic Purple Starlight Blue PS5 covers the other hand will launch during the first half of 2022. And oh. so pretty much a little bit later, they're going to release the other covers and the Midnight Black and Cosmic Red ones are going to be released first. I, mean, I think that makes sense considering the controls are already out. Yeah, that does. And the other ones, I... Because, you know, and also there's the whole shortage thing. They don't want to just, like, you know, send the damn thing out there, of course. You know, and that, but I do love these, like, almost space cosmic sort of colors, because I know their background is kind of spacey, but you know what I mean. I, I just love that it, you know, it has that sort of, like, uh, it actually, it almost reminds me of, like, uh, different flavors of, like, taffies, like, uh, grape, uh, blue raspberry, and, uh, I, I guess, uh, regular raspberry, is there... Is there a difference? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I, I can tell you that if you look a little bit further, you'll see here that the Galactic Purple controller will be available on the direct.playtation.com website on January 14th. And that control and those controls start being available on February 11th. So we'll give you a hint. Oh, and then, so, so you, so you could, um, go to a retailer and uh, get it a little early, if you'd want to. Yeah, you have to go on the PlayStation website in order to get it early, but it'll eventually be available at retailers later. Oh, there! I didn't even see January versus February. I'm not. Uh, I didn't sleep all night. All right, I didn't sleep all all night. It's fine. Uh, and also. <laughs> The PS5 console covers for Midnight Black and Cosmic Red will be available on the PlayStation website on January 21st and will be available at other retailers on February 18th. So essentially what Sony's doing is that they're trying to make it so, hey, if you really want these things, you gotta buy it on our website first because we're gonna hold on to them. Otherwise, wait till February 18th. Have fun. I see. Which I think kind of makes sense with what's going on in the world right now. Definitely. Um, um, but while we got this exciting announcement, let's talk about another exciting announcement. Yeah, in the uh, the other world, the indie world. Oh, exactly. Oh. Uh, which, uh, hey, uh, the 15th of uh, this month. Uh, there was a new uh, Nintendo Indie World presentation. Yes, that is correct. And I actually watched this one 
pretty close to live, I would say, and there were a couple of decent game announcements here that okay. we could talk about. And obviously for you, because these are all indie games, you get to play these on PC at some point, so... Woo! Do you want to look at the ones that released, uh... Uh, day one? Day zero, I guess. There's a couple of them, but not many. Dungeon Munchies, what is this? It's kind of like a dungeon crawler game where the idea is you eat certain snacks that give you boosts. Oh, amazing. Who is this lady? I think. Uh, Simmer? Oh, okay. Right. Anyways, yeah. So here we are at this lovely little presentation. And obviously you can click on the hyperlinks that they provide to throughout the article and find out what games do what. Okay. So, pretty much the first game they announced was Sea of Stars. Uh, have you played a game? Have you heard of the game called The Messenger? Um, I've heard of it, of course, but... It's a Ninja no. Gaiden-like game that flips between 8-bit and 16-bit. Oh, uh... No, but that sounds really amazing. Oh, I see. Oh my god, that looks so fucking cool. Well, anyway, so they're doing a prequel to this game called Sea of Stars, and it's actually an RPG. Ah. A, a full 16-bit RPG. So they're doing like a prequel-ish sort of game with a JRPG-style sort of turn-based game. Mm -hmm. And they actually are getting Yasunori Mitsuda, who actually composed music for Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Don't tease me like that. So this game, CSR, is actually going to have the, the guy who did the music for Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross make music for this game. Nice. So I'm sure you're going to be looking forward to this game now whenever it hits on PC. Sea of Stars looks a lot like Golden Sun, except like... Wow. I mean, of course, I'm not just going to say that because, you know... Uh, you're but... a big Golden Sun fan or nothing of the sort. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm, uh, you know, uh, I can't shut up about it whenever there's a, you know, a top-down RPG, um, <laughs> with, uh, uh, face, uh, plates and names, and, uh, it's, it's a fucking RPG, okay? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's an RPG with very compelling music, and looks like it's gonna have a good story. And people that have unnaturally natural hair color. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a RPG. You're in good hands. Yeah. And then they also showed up Alicia, the Oblivion of Twin Goddesses. It looks like it's going to be a co-op puzzle game. Where one of the players... I think this is the one that's going to likely be in a, a Switch exclusive. Because you'll see why in a second. So one of the players is going to be using the Switch as like a touch screen. The other one's going to use the other one as like a control method. See. So they, I've seen oh, wow. this one. It's a yeah, two different control methods, and each each character is a different controller method. Uh, I I like that. That's kind of like how um, you know, your your red is not my red sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I I would love more games to implement something a little bit similar like that. Like the control scheme for this guy is a little bit different. 
but that's because they aren't the same people, but, you know, it kind of delves into that sort of, like, uh, idea of that, sort of, your red is not my red sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. And then you have Endling, Extinction is Forever. This game I saw this, and it is a bit heart, it's a bit emotional, and the idea is that you're playing as this mother fox, and your goal is to keep the cubs alive in a post-apocalyptic world. Wait, is this actually like, is this um, survival, or is it like a linear story? It's it's, it's a 2D game. Like it's a... How many of your cubs survive is, is up to you. Okay. Oh, wow. That's actually kind of scary. I don't like that. Uh, like a like being a mother and your children dying in a apocalypse that's fucking scary I actually love it though but wh why do they have to be cute <laughs> that's the worst part it's like it's like what it's that's the worst part it that's literally the worst part is when you have like the especially when you see the dog die in the movie it's literally like that but the entire game well i i know a lot about uh the dog dying in the movie but um, it's a little bit different when, uh, it's, uh, where the red fern grows, um, where you're actually attached to the, uh, dogs. Yeah. Because you've been with them since, uh, birth. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, but, damn it, why do they have to die? <laughs> Anyways. And then there's Figment. To Creed Valley. This game is essentially a rhythmic world set in the human mind in this music puzzle adventure game. Night Okay. Nightmares are spreading chaos everywhere for in the sequel to Figment. It's up to you to put an end to their fearsome schemes. Play the soul locally with a friend as you wield your trust sword, engage in combat, manipulate environments, solve compelling puzzles, and have symphonic showdowns against some musically menacing bosses. Ooh, I love the art style. I love and, it. And a free demo is available on the Nintendo eShop. So I could technically play this now if I wanted to. Oh. I, I, I don't... I, I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't have a Switch. Sad. Anyway. I, I'm sure sometime when we go over these Nintendo Indie World presentations and you see some of these compelling games, like, why don't I have a Switch for this? Mm. A little it, bit, but then again, it, it's it indie games. It all so. the damn time. <laughs> yeah. But the nice thing is that because these are indie games, you're likely coming to PC anyway, so you could just look up in this game on PC and then just buy it. Yeah. And... And then you have Ollie Ollie World, which is a 2D skateboarding game. Oh, I know Ollie Ollie World. I, I know Ollie Ollie at least. Yeah, so that's arriving on February 8th of next year. Oh, yeah, we, we, I think we talked about this. One of these oh. games, yeah. And then we have Mar after, yeah. Why, why is Mario asking me for feedback? I don't know. Ignore we it. Look at your feedback. I'm sure you're gonna want your switch eventually. Then you'll get feedback. Give me your feet. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then we have Afterlove EP from Pixelnesia. This game is 
this is an interesting game. I might get this. I don't know yet. But it's set, it's made by a team in Indonesia. Uh, and it's set in Jakarta, which is like the capital of Indonesia. Uh, and interesting. It, it focuses on a musician named Rama, who I guess his girlfriend passed away. And it's a visual novel, visual novel rhythm game. Uh, I see. Okay. Never and there are actually that. multiple endings to this game, depending on what choices you make. So I guess you could pick different girls or whatever. Yeah. <sighs> Why am I starting to um, fall into this trap of games that are like visual novels that? I, I don't know. I I, I there. Well, this isn't really a visual novel. I guess it's more like a Night in the Woods. Yeah. I guess, right. A little bit. But uh, you know what Night in the Woods is, right? A little bit, not really. I love that game. It's it's beautiful, and I love autumn as the season, so it it really brings me home. But this one, uh, this one's interesting. I, I I've always wanted to live as a video game character, somebody who has just lost somebody dear, and it crushes them beyond belief. <laughs> like like, um. It, like, but it, the end of the story is either moving on or something else, you know? Yeah. This is a game I feel like you would definitely want to play. Just for the idea of it, I'd love to, you know, be in the shoes of somebody who lost somebody that they truly cared about, and, like, um, from the very beginning, and there's truly no way to move on until the very end of the game. Yeah, and then there's also Locomotive. This game is literally a single-player point-and-click adventure game. Pass. Sorry. Oh, well, is, it, is it like Five Days a Stranger? I don't know, but all I know is you play a couple of different characters and you try and like solve like who it's like a murderer mystery sort of game. Yeah, it's like Five Days a Stranger. Okay, but it's like Wait, a two D game. So lady, why is why is there a lady on the on the fucking train? <laughs> She's just chilling on top of the train. She no looks idea. like uh, she looks like a, a ninja. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, no, Five Days a Stranger is two D. It's pixelated, right? Yeah, well, I guess so. Um, anyways, we have another game here, and that's River City Girls Two. So, I don't know if you knew anything about River City Ransom or anything like that. I've heard of it, but... Oh. Oh, okay, yeah. It's a yeah. sequel to, like, a spit, a derivative of River City Ransom with River City Girls. Yeah, I know. I, I know about River City Ransom. Yeah, okay. I knew it sounded familiar. That explains where the connection comes from. Yeah, isn't it basic? Like, isn't River City? It's like uh, a 2D beat em up sort of game. Uh, okay. Is it the one you play as like a mayor? I think. I don't right. remember, but yeah, I haven't really. Matter. But all I know is that you're playing as characters and you're being shit up. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, but they have Dungeon Munchies. This is the one you were wondering about earlier. Yeah. This um, is a 2D side scrolling action platformer that. With the help of like a necro chef, you can like hunt down monsters and cook and eat them. And there's like different dishes that provide various abilities. If you mix and match them, you'll get like something that matches your play style. 
And that's on Nintendo Switch that literally came out. Yeah, I was I was that's why I was asking, should we get the, the ones that just came out? But uh, I just wanted to go over as the game, you know, as Yeah, I understand. That's fine. I'm sorry. No worries. Why why can you cook a gun? <laughs> why can you cook a gun with a slice of like liver? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> in the page? Uh, so go to the very top and click on Dungeon Munchies, like you know, middle mouse click it. Um and you'll see the screenshots. It's like a, there's if you if you click on the one to the very bottom right, there's some sort of like uh, popcorn bag at the very top with a like a tent, and then there's like a a steak or something with a gun, and it's in like this like uh sort of like pan with a face on it that looks like a stone face. Hold on, wait for my thing to load. Yeah, it's okay. It's just like, what the fuck is? That? Yeah, I see it. Oh yeah, let's just yeah yeah. When I think of uh, you know, yes, <laughs> I, I... I see it. I think of a freaking plastic bag with a smiley face, dumping some ingredients in there, and you have a gun and a steak. You know, when when I think of of uh, like you know firearms, I think of going like you know. Uh... <laughs> You know, I think of, uh, you know, um, nom 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 nom. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, let's see here. Back to this. And then there's Let's Play Oik Games, and it's just a collection of boy ga board games from letter developer. Uh, Interesting. Is it like uh, the Jackbox party games? Not really. It's like it's actual board games, it's like party games that link with your phone. Uh, okay. Never mind then. And then Amori is coming to Switch. I don't know if you know anything about this game. Um, I've heard of it, and yeah, it's that drawn art style thing that turns into like this, like almost fire, uh, not fire emblem, uh, Earthbound sort of thing almost. That's exactly what this game is. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I, I never really delved into it, but I know it's uh, definitely something. Um, and then beneath that is a game called Chicory. This game uh, is supposedly a painting adventure game about trying to be somebody. It takes place in the coloring book world where you draw on anything, and then you use your painting powers to explore new places, solve puzzles, help your friends. And change the world around it. Uh, nice. So, uh, drawn to life, except, uh, like, the story, I guess. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Guess so. And you're like this, like, uh, I guess you're a dog or a jackrabbit or something? <laughs> With a paintbrush? I have no idea. I, I don't know either, but, uh, yay! I guess oh. I. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Uh, there's Tim Lee from Ernique Studio, which every second matters, and it's a self-puzzle adventure that lets you control time like a media player, and you get, you get to perceive future events, to plan your escape strategy from the past, sneak past enemies, and manipulate time in this game featuring a mysterious cat and a little girl with precognitive powers. 
Oh, it looks like, uh... What? Is that little girl flipping those robots off? <laughs> Sorry, I'm being fucking stupid. <laughs> Would she have a lights? No, it's not a lightsaber, never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I'm... <laughs> Oh uh, god, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I didn't uh, show the viewers this for context. Which <laughs> screenshot is it? Uh, hit the arrow, go to the right, uh, and then it's the uh tiny uh thing. It looks like she's flipping them off, and there's like a robot about to hit her with like a nightstick. I see. Hey, at least it's not as bad as a certain iconic video game figure. Oh, wait, which one was it? The left one or the right one? Uh, the right one. Oh, the small one? Okay. The small one's it, yeah. It looks like she's flipping him off. I kind of see it, but it looks like it's more like she's covering her face to me, at least. Yeah, I'm just half asleep and I'm like oh what the fuck why are you flipping the robot off is that your like pow <laughs> secret power the middle finger it's fine um and then uh, hey it looks like uh um rhyme mixed with like uh ring and uh you know like the art style and uh rings like uh you can rewind time right I guess so that's ring yeah uh, and then there's the last game they they mention here is Don't Starve Together. That's uh, it's been on PC for a while now, actually. Mm. And they're gonna have the original Don't Starve in the in one of their trials. So yeah, if you know how, if you know anything about this game, yeah. But overall, I mean, for like type of games there are in here. There are some pretty good standouts here. I know for you, your standouts, if you saw the presentation, would have been Sea of Stars and, and Endling. Those two games stand out to you the most, I think. Yeah, I guess so. Um, well, it's because you I hear, mean, like, foxes dying and trying to get your cubs surviving, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, so if if I click on the page and I look, there are screenshots, and you you have three cubs, okay, <laughs> and uh, as you progress throughout the screenshots, um, one of them is dead by a owl, I think. Um, one of them is half dead, uh, like bleeding, and uh, oh hey, they're sleeping together in a, in a cave. Awesome. Um. <laughs> So, yeah. A anyways, um, awesome. Well, I get to uh, you know, uh, live the life of uh, Samus from Other M, <laughs> and uh, don't kill my Metroid or something. <laughs> I don't know. I know by far the one you'd be most anticipated for is the Athar Stars, because Samus of the. Stars. That oh, the yeah, RPG that. one, yeah. because of the fact that one, it reminded you of Chrono Trigger, and two, mostly because of the music, and two, it reminded you of Golden Sun. Yeah, and three, it reminded me of, uh, 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 why is there a, a, what the fuck, there's a giant goblin, what is that? <laughs> one of the screenshots has a giant goblin thing. Oh, jeez. 
Uh, also, it reminds me of uh, like uh, this. I don't know. Right. Um, I was gonna come up with something else to be a smart ass, but I can't. Right. It's <laughs> fine. Anyways, uh, they uh, you know, uh, it, at least I'm being a smart ass, and you know, uh, you know, uh, not a, you know, pulling a game because I can't afford servers. All oh, right, yeah, that whole thing. So. This is crazy, because I actually had played a bit of Final Fantasy XIV myself, and it actually is pretty enjoyable. I haven't bought the expansion packs or anything, but it actually is a pretty compelling game. I would, if you are curious about MMOs, this is one of the ones I'd recommend playing, because this actually is, like, the second highest, uh, from what I understand, the second highest player count MMO out there. Yeah, and uh, was this the one that got, like, Game of the Year for something? Yes, like ongoing a, a, a community, community, yeah. Yeah, so, hey, there's that. But yeah, so what they're trying to do here is that Square Enix halted the sales of the Final Fantasy XIV starter and complete editions, and this is to attempt to ease the server congestion that's been plaguing the game since the release of its Edwalker expansion pack. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that the Game director said that the company is halting deliveries of the physical version of the game, digital sales, and is also suspending registrations of the game's free trial. Okay. So here's the thing. Ed Walker released in early access on December 3rd and got an official release days later on December 7th. But limited server capacity has meant that players have often found themselves waiting hours to log into the game and been stuck in queues of upward of 4,000 to 8,000 other players. And then, as recently at the night prior to December 16th, so December 15th, the game servers appear to collapse complete under the load. So, so they're not, like, so you can no longer get this. How does this solve it, though? Like, does it just prevent people from being able to log in and that's, like... Um, so you know, I, there's no, there's already queues going on, is what I'm saying. So the idea is trying to reduce the amount of people that want to buy the game to then play it. So by doing that, it allows people that already own the game to play the game. Yeah, but holy crap, a company that like is halting sales for something that wouldn't get them sued. More like something that they could, you know, for quality assurance? Holy crap. That's rare nowadays. Wow. I actually like that. And also, the director says the sales suspensions will be phased in over the next few days. And apologizes to potential customers who are losing out, as well as companies' retail partners. He adds that new ads for the game are also being stopped, but that expansion packs and collector edition digital upgrades will continue to be available for existing players that they may upgrade as needed. So, in other words, since I technically own Final Fantasy XIV, I can still upgrade to this. Yeah. I admit, 
I still need to continue playing my waifu in that game. I do actually have a female character in that game. Don't mock me. Anyways. I mean, uh, you, you know, you look at the majority of, uh, you know, male players, they actually have, like, a female player, usually. Yeah. I don't actually know why the whole logistic is, but that's something that they've, that, that you know, I think a survey pointed that out, is that, I'm, I've noticed that a lot of, like, Let's Players do that. I think it's, like, Anyways, the fact of, like, fantastical... Like a fancy element of just playing something that you're not. Yeah. Reminds me of my depression. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> not being able to be a J-pop metal band. Uh, yeah, yeah. Traveling around Japan. <laughs> I mean, what we? I am, man. I mean, imagine if you were just in Tokyo with a freaking like ATV quad, like heavy Chevy truck, just driving around, being that Tokyo hillbilly that's just like drifting everywhere. Like, so your combination of not only are you a hillbilly in freaking Tokyo, but you're also trying to be a Tokyo drift tuner. Drink a beer out of my cane. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somehow. Uh, anyways, uh, I mean, actually, the the idea of rednecks being in Tokyo is actually kind of scary because I know Tokyo is like, like, the idea of being out of your, like, being comfortable, being out of your own habitat, like that's crazy. Like I could only imagine what the locals would think. Yeah. Know? Anyways, uh, but as the article mentions here, in more normal times, a comeback Square Enix would try to fix these capacity issues by investing in new servers. But Final Fantasy XIV's explosion has coincided with a global chip shortage that's gotten in the way of Square Enix buying new server hardware. And that Yoshi has been reporting that the company is starting to see some progress as it builds out its server capacity and says it hopes to provide a roadmap by January 2022. So yeah, uh, pretty nutty. Yeah, I think so. Um, time to uh, go on EVGA's uh, waiting list, or hope you get something out of like a uh, uh, giveaway. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's kind of nutty to think about this. That like you're on your way trying to develop this, you know, MMORPG. And it's getting this massive spikes in popularity. Probably the most, probably arguably about to be the most popular MMORPG ever. Yeah. And you can't supply the servers to support the growing population that you want to make sure it has. Yeah. I mean, no, at I least this, that. I mean, at least this RP, MMORPG is not World of Warcraft, who's contaminated by a company that has executives abhorrent values. Yeah. And uh I I can only appreciate that they're looking out for physical things and not, you know, uh uh fake scarcity, you know, through uh digital means, you know. 
yeah, it's it's literally just like they just want to make sure that the capacity for players to get in the game. So they unfortunately do some weird thing like that in order to get by. But yeah. it's not yeah. as I mean, hey, at least that's not as bad as say dealing with NFTs in a game, a single player game. Yeah, or uh, you know, trying to look like a meta human when you're playing in a first person shooter, trying to have a you know, cosmetics in a first-person shooter that you can never see, only in the customization options. Alright, so let me load these articles up here, and then we'll explain what's going on. So there's actually three articles here. Oh, yeah. I mean... So this is probably going to be our... Probably our largest topic of the day, I would think, considering the fact that it has the most link. Actually, it's going to tie with some of the other tech topics I have today, so... Welcome to the metaverse. Yeah, so originally this game was going to have NFTs. And the idea of how this was going to work is if we scroll down. It mentions that the use of NFTs here. Let me see. They're integrating them as metahumans by the Metaversal Bridge. And the idea is the studio will auction off NFTs to three players through the dig the D market digital marketplace. The NFT owners will have their face scanned using photogrammetry onto the metahuman, which will show up in the game as an NPC that visible to other players. The NPCs will be a part of the story and the online experience. GCS game world also contain claimed that a portion of the profits from the sale of the NFTs will be given to charity. As the studio CEO of Jenny I'm I'm sorry if I brought this wrong. <laughs> this Eastern European okay. name. Uh Evgeny Grigor Grigorovich. Uh close enough. Where is it? Uh <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Um, he says the inclusion of NFTs in Soccer 2 is meant to give players a deeper presence in the game. The metahumans will not be the only NFTs in the game. In February, gamers can expect NFTs in the form of highly secretive Genesis packs. And, and well, we don't need to know any further information about them because later on, we're going to see something different about this. And yeah, um, yeah, so pretty much, what do you think of the idea of what they were trying to do with this? Um, I one second, I'm gonna read, read aloud this. Uh, it's just. Uh, oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so, uh, I, I'm just glad that this wasn't a thing. I, uh, don't really care for NFTs that much. Um, Yang, I guess. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, if you forgot the fact that they are going to remove it, like, if this was actually implemented, what do you think of this system? And what they're trying to do with it? Not happy at all. Uh, just whatever. Uh, I mean, poss pro possibly I'll be a little bit upset, but at the end of the day, it's... It's up to you if you truly want to spend your money on something that, even though it's serialized and, you know, it's, it's, it's a rarity, it's like, it's fake scarcity. It's not like gold in real life or, uh, fucking a diamond that you find, you know, like, out in the fields or something, I don't know. You don't find diamonds in the fields, but okay. Um, yeah. I hear go you. deep to, like, uh, Y level 12, I think. But anyways, I'm, I'm gonna shut up now. Uh, yeah. It, it's not as rare as silicon is right now, because it's artificially scarce. They can yeah. dump as many fucking items with various serial numbers in the game. They're digital. You, they can be reproduced any fucking day of the week. Yeah. So. And naturally, the systems they have in place, you know, like you, were not received very well. And later, they then released another, ar another article got released explaining why NFTs were... They were trying to get NFTs in the game. So you scroll down, there's a massive image... It says Deer Stalkers. Is that the Burge? Yeah, it's the second one. Oh, I see. Money! Yeah, you scroll down a little bit and you'll see the giant image that they have that says Deer Stalkers. Yeah, I see it. Uh... Uh, yep, so independent gaming development studio, no publisher, partners, blah, blah, blah. Two main resources, time and money. Ah, there's the word. Money! It's a crime! Woo! <laughs> uh. <sighs> yep. Eh, it's just like I fucking thought. It's money. Time and money. Yep. Alright, well. How about you uh, make a great game, and that's how it will go. Not fucking scam people with fake bullshit. Yeah, so they're trying to say that, you know, all the funds that they're trying to make during the development was, you know, to make the game better, but... My ass. But they... We're trying... What the... They're... No, it's fine. I'm just reading what they say it is, and I'm trying to get, get my thoughts out the words. But then, like, the reason they said they wanted to do EFTs, because they wanted to NFTs, because they wanted to try and see if they could give their own spit on it and see if they did it right. And the idea of it was they're trying to get the community to be more involved in the game. And it's actually said they had no impact on gameplay or story, which means it wasn't going to be anything with weapons or quests or locations or anything like that. I don't care. It's It's, like... I'd rather just earn it, not pay for it or something. Yeah. <sighs> so they're trying to 
explain more about what their their plans were. Like they wanted to be more transparent because they knew that the backlash was getting bad. And they were like, they said that they were trying to implement. Where's that line? Uh, nickname to the owners on some in-game desks, walls, etc. And they're also doing gloves and tattoos, skins and badges for multiplayer mode. And collectible cards. But again, this is all largely in an open world. So it's like, it's kind of like Easter eggs at that point. Yeah. And they were, and the D market was chosen as a partner for a video game only blockchain platform because they were eager to work with, you know, the developer of the game. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to, and they were trying to clear up any of the, misconceptions that they had from the prior day. However, the backlash still was bad. And this leads us to our final moment here. Which is the Twitter link. Okay, let's go to Twitter. Stalker the game. Get out of here. So actually, this is the wrong article. I need to update this. So if you go on the stalker Twitter page itself, like you click on the profile icon <laughs> and then you scroll down a little bit. I don't know why you linked that one. Uh, scroll down a little bit. It's the latest post is on December 16th. And there's an image. This is dear stalkers. We hear you. Based on the feedback we received, we made a decision to cancel anything NFT-related in Stalker 2. The interests of our fans and players are the top priority for the team. We're making this game for you to enjoy, whatever the cost is. If you care, we care too. So pretty what? much, yeah. Why was, the, why was the tweet you linked from an account that no longer exists? I have no idea, but that was the wrong tweet. No, it's okay. It's just what the <laughs> I I could only imagine a scenario where they accidentally <laughs> put some Well, there you go guys. You have another blooper in the episode. Congratulations. No uh, no 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 no, it's okay. It's okay. It's just um I was I'm thinking, you know, but besides that, uh, like Imagine if they linked to a, a Twitter account that they exclusively made to support this NFT bullshit. And then they had to delete it because they canceled the NFT shit. Oh, that part, yeah. Imagine that part, yeah. They actually removed the original tweet, which is why I had to link another different article trying to talk about it. But yeah, I remember trying to find the original article when we were talking about this. And I was like, this is where the original article was down. Because you think they want to you know, keep it up, but no, they wanted to scrub anything out of it. They were like, no, 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 no. We don't want to deal with this anymore. Backlash is too much. We're just getting rid of it. Yeah. And I do appreciate the fact that, you know, they try to listen to their fan base and like, yo, um, okay, we realized we made a mistake here. We're just going to remove it. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know... I feel like the system they did have in place, looking at how they were trying to do it, it wasn't like they were trying to put, like, weapons or skins or anything. They were trying to, like, 
give the players a chance to get themselves involved in the game somehow. Yeah, but this is a trend. Yeah. Or at least this is like the NFTs only just came up like a little while ago, I swear. Like Yeah. The, like NFTs are only like uh you know, uh, they're like a kind of a new concept and they're already implementing it in this like they say that they don't have really have a publisher like and they think that this is a you know a business opportunity i guess to uh you know cash in on or a trend to cash in on i guess <laughs> no i get and, that part too i just was thinking that like the way we've seen ubisoft try to handle this when they were trying to you know get the court system and how they're trying to get like cuts off the payments and everything like that yeah that seems more agreed to what they're trying to do what the soccer team is trying to do here oh yeah i know but it's i know it but it's it's just it's the lesser of two evils and you know that's my only thing you know it, it's the lesser of two evils but they're still evil you know i hear i'm just trying to look at it from this perspective no, I get it. I get it. Um, like, yes, I agree. Like, having NFTs in these sort of games is a more exploit... The way, like, Ubisoft has implemented it, it's, like, a more exploitative version of DLC. It's like, oh, you're getting these unique skins for your weapons, and we're taking a 10% cut if you sell... if you decide to sell them. Yeah. That's way too greedy. This, on the other hand... It feels like, hey, it's kind of like almost like a Kickstarter sort of format where it's like, you give us some money, and yeah, you get a little token of appreciation, but it's at least it's like acknowledgement of thank you, we'll put your name somewhere in the world, and you have a little face of yourself that you can show like, hey, I'm in the game. That seems like a pretty interesting concept. The only, it, it, but like you said, because of the blockchain technology and trend, it does seem like they're trying to cashing on a trend yeah for sake of cashing on a trend i'm also not a fan of scanning your face to put yourself as an npc <laughs> not not even because I'm, I'm afraid of my own face like being shown um it's literally just it, it's literally just like eh, it's a little creepy you can like take a picture of me and uh convert me into an npc in the game it's like what happened to chicken break no. <laughs> Or something. What happened to these things? Oh. My, my mouse misclicked. Trying to say you want this timeline to exist where I have the scissors up, up the person up the neck. 
no, that's a uh, that's probably gonna like uh uh not no. <laughs> that that's probably like uh, uh that's the opposite of what I want. I, there's a difference between uh uh becoming the uh the villain of a uh, clock tower um versus uh you know um uh uh, uh you know uh, uh, <laughs> you lost the entire train of thought I could hear I could see it <laughs> what what was going on there was a bay metal lunchbox that was shown on screen and you're just like like calling David Gilmore, Roger Waters, Pink Floyd. What <laughs> are they thinking? I love that you had to bring that reference back. What are they thinking? <laughs> what were they thinking? Exactly. What were they thinking? He's gonna shove it up your ass. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, do you have anything else to say about Soccer 2 or anything like that besides what we just discussed about? What? Oh, yeah. Chicken bleak. Anyway, let's... No. Cool. Uh, see you later. Uh, uh, not fucking tangibles. Yes, I promise you that's the last time we'll talk about that subject today. Okay. At least we all deal with Activision Blizzard today, which is... That's even better. Yeah, yeah. Fuck those guys. I'd rather buy an NFT than, you know, <laughs> uh, work... Like, like, uh... <laughs> uh ever, uh, you know, uh, see them pull, pull more horse shit out of their ass. I mean, if there's a bit of NFT of this little B-Metal figure, would you buy it? Um, I don't want to screw up the recording, but it's tempting. <laughs> uh, so in the meantime, I'm just gonna, um, uh, uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, now we get to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. What up, Duba? So, Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt will pay just $1.85 million in proposed class action settlement. And it mentions how... What about money? I mean, wait, what? Uh, fuck, I'm tangled again. <laughs> so, there was a class action lawsuit that was being negotiated... Over the launch of Cyberpunk 2077, due to its bugs and that it had gotten so bad that Sony pulled it from its store. And CD Projekt said those negotiations are now concluded and it's going to pay $1.85 million. Okay. And while, and while the settlement will likely have to be approved by a court, it sounds like the plaintiffs and the lawyers negotiated for a fairly tight sum in exchange for relinquishing any any and all claims against the company and members of its management board. And it actually took about a little over $316 million 
for Cyberpunk to be developed. So if you want to, so here's a hint. You want to develop a game like Cyberpunk 2077? $316 million. Oh, yeah. And the uh, funny thing, too, is that they, Cyberpunk, the CD Projekt Red, recouped the entire development and marketing budget and digital pre-order sales alone and didn't actually see a huge impact from refunds. Wait, so... Most people oh actually, my God. yeah, most people actually kept the game. They didn't actually sell it off. Hype people up for over a decade, and then let it fly, and then get sued, mm-hmm. and then uh, <laughs> something else, I guess, and then uh, uh, a little over half a million and a half dollars, uh later um you make the witcher 4 i guess and i guess so um but the lawsuit techie and my lawsuit was only brought by shareholders who believe they were best led by a company about financial performance jeez i wonder what other company had another lawsuit that would also led mis- from misleading financial numbers hmm after they also had another one from sexual harassment complaints. Hmm. Hmm. I thought we weren't going to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're just going to keep nudging uh, at them. That's all we can do because we have to nudge at them. We're not going to explicitly talk about them. We're just going to nudge at them. Yeah, we're going to nudge at them. Reference them, but we're not going to explicitly talk about any topics from them because nothing happened. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, despite that, the, its sales, the cup, they'll obviously see your product's reputation has fallen, sale productions had lowered, and its stock price had fallen 54% since last year. Mm-hmm. And this is a letter that was published from CD Project. And yeah. That's about it. But what did you think of this whole thing about C Project Red having to pay this much to settle? Uh, it's a small fraction of like it's not. I can't even call it a fraction. I can call it like uh, three zeros and a single digit afterwards, and that's how much they paid out of like you know what they got out of it, which right because. Oh. I mean, we were paid that much money. Like, if we were the law, like, for us, that's like dream come true money. Oh, One point, yeah. $1.8 million? I mean, hey, we could have been in the stock market and buy ourselves even, like, Lamborghinis and shit. And we could sell ourselves the old Bacata Christian studio. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, who's laughing now? Exactly. Part of the chess club. <laughs> We're the next Todd Howard. <laughs> oh my god, we actually had enough sock money to fund our own Bethesda 2. Buy Skyrim 2. <laughs> Pre-order now. <laughs> yeah. Buy Skyrim. Uh, I love a Spiff and Brit. He did, he did some funny commentary on Game Dev Tycoon. And he really made some game it's funny. Uh, but besides the point, yeah. 
uh, I've heard of him, but I haven't exactly. Uh, I, the only thing I've watched, I think, was one small video of him. He seems like a good dude, though. Oh, uh, he's freaking hilarious. He he literally uh, play he play, he plays the living stereotype of a British man who loves tea and worships uh, the queen, and then he also dives into exploits of PC games. Ah, uh, yeah. I, the only way I, I I think the only video I've ever watched of him was the one about uh how to exploit the algorithm with YouTube Shorts. So yeah, um, he literally specializes in the exploits of games and Steam Marketplace and stuff. I see. He actually is manipulated he... the the Steam Marketplace with cucumbers. That's like one of the best videos he did. What? What? I I need to fucking watch this video. <laughs> yeah, he, what he did. What? He literally tried to buy up every single cucumber in the Steam Marketplace and then resell it at a higher price to make a profit. What do you mean? What do you mean cucumbers? You know how in the Steam Marketplace you get inventory items. Oh, oh my! So he fucking <laughs> this guy bought up all the cards and the items and fucking like oh the cu the cucumber <laughs> item card and he sold for like a money. I I can man he must have get give all the cats like heart attacks because they hate they hate cucumbers. <laughs> Anyways, I. <laughs> the only Brit I really watch uh, religiously uh, is uh, Random Gaming in HD. He just does like budget video game stuff, uh, budget like computer building, and uh, there's a few other ones that I don't watch as much. But uh, uh, and there's also Dank Pods. Do you know what Dank Pods is? No. Let's let's stop talking about YouTubers. Yeah, let's talk about how Microsoft used dev kits for a Halo tournament because of scarcity of Xbox Series X's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, Wow, it is, a, it is a fucking time to live in when the producer can't even get copies of their own thing because of the shortage. So, like, it's if you thought being a developer trying to find servers is bad, yeah, having to acquire your own console for a tournament is also pretty rough. Because what happened here was, so for its Halo Infinite tournament, the HCS kickoff major rally twenty twenty one, a company is using modified dev kits for some tournament players. Jeez. And they said yesterday the new season of the Halo Championship Series started with a $250,000 tournament featuring esports teams of Optic, G2, E United, and Cloud9. But before the tournament started, 343S esports, okay, 343's esports lead to here has an I'm sorry for putting out that wrong. He announced on Twitter that some players would have to use dev kits running in retail mode. And it's simply because the global supply chain. God. That, that's... Uh, really, all I can say is, wow. Like, wow, you know? 
yeah. That's all we have to really say. It's just, yeah. Imagine having to be in a Halo tournament. And you had no Xbox Series X's to put out on a freaking tournament game. That almost makes me wish I could call my Xbox Series X and just, here's a clone. Yeah. But I don't have cloning devices, though. We're stuck. Well, time to, uh... Um... Time to invent a uh, cloning machine. Oh, yeah, especially time is out of the question. Yeah, I can clone myself and have my a clone work for a company and make me more money. Yeah, and then do a very advanced form of uh, uh, inbreeding. Yeah, so, that. Uh, I mean, do I want to send tornadoes over that way? No. Let's talk about tornadoes. Tornadoes. Oh shit! Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, this is uh, this article's been killing me. Uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not a fucking pun, you asshole. It's it's fine. No, I get it. Like, it it literally just kills the heart seeing this. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk about this. So, look at the first image you see here. Look at the destruction that you see in this Amazon facility. Yeah. You could see it like front up. Like you could see boxes everywhere, like shattered brick, concrete bricks everywhere. And like the entire warehouse has got a freaking stripe right in the middle. Yeah. Truly an awful time. It really is. Um,. And, but this isn't just inventory and packages. This may very well, you may very well also be looking at uh, the uh, location of the death of possible Amazon employees, I believe, right? There were casual. It says Amazon casualties in Illinois, but yeah. So pretty yeah. much, this tornadoes have ripped through six states on Friday. So this was yesterday, actually. I see. So this was the article written on December thirteenth. So this likely meant that this was back like a few days prior. So this is mm. probably on the eleventh, but that's fine because this is still pretty interesting to talk about. Actually, yeah, it was Saturday. Actually, well. This article written on Monday, so it was reported on Saturday, which is when we were recording episode. Yeah, this was back when we were ep recording episode 21. Wow. Oh, yeah, the 11th. I see. Oh, God. Yeah, mm. this literally happens like, like hours before started recording yeah and maybe, to think maybe, that we didn't yeah, think eight hours tops yeah like we're recording on it sorry go ahead that's fine um and i say that it's likely the turn connect kentucky the deadliest tornado system in state history the twisters also touched down in december well outside the normal tornado season Although this may have been an unusually extreme weather event for, for well, the reason Amazon's decision to schedule its worker during potentially deadly conditions isn't. 
Reportedly, at the time, the cyclone touched down in warehouse's parking lot, producing winds estimated at 155 miles per hour. The facility was not only operating, but undergoing a shift change. So... I see. So, th there were people arriving when this stuff was, you know, um... There were people arriving to the facility, like, during the storm, and at the risk of getting fired, they also risk their lives to uh, work, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, Amazon operates a staggering number of numbers fulfilling sortation and delivery centers across the country, and some are about to be taken by surprise by this force of nature. Excess of snow on one roof of one warehouse in Pennsylvania resulted in an evacuation when workers noticed it buckling. Two contractors killed by a collapsing wall when a tornado touched down without warning in Baltimore. But the National Service, here's the thing though. The National Weather Service had been warning a possible tornado 36 hours ahead of the deaths in Edwardsville. The morning before the storm, it cautioned of the likely threat of damaging winds in excess of 60 miles per hour. Hmm. So get this. The Weather Service was warning the town that this was going to happen. And Amazon still said keep going. Yeah, there's, it's, uh, it's gonna take a lot more than a meditation oof to, uh, uh, you know, uh, God, you get what I mean, huh? Yeah, and another thing, too, is I keep in mind that I, it was, I've been doing a lot of you know, opening during June weather, like, during her, so, Tropical Depression, Ida, September, the, the warehouse in New York, uh, warehouse in New York, was still open. That led to 14 deaths. Yeah. And they were even delivering packages, and, back in her, Hurricane Irma in 2017, with flood water. Yeah, I, I I read that just now, and it's uh, I I don't know if these I don't know if these people are just doing it out of heroics or if they literally are afraid of getting fired. But it's... honestly, based on what I'm seeing here, I think it's the latter because you can even see that they also mentioned that. They still had to work during the fire of 2018 in California. I see. And this was despite air quality warnings. Yeah. I, you know, it, and uh, it's a, it's a sad thing when you need to work. Like, this feels like 
like this this is no different from being in the military i swear you know risking your life on patrol i guess you know or on you know you know in a, a battle you know i feel this is no different at, at this point you know like that it seems like such a uh such a backwards thing i think yeah and amazon's response about this entire thing i don't think is good enough is what they're saying we're deeply saddened by the news that members of our amazon family passed away as a result of a storm in edwardsville illinois our thoughts and prayers are with the victims their loved ones and everyone impacted by the tornado we also want to thank all the first responders for their ongoing efforts on the scene we're continuing to provide support to our employees and partners in the area I don't oh. think that's a good response to that. They should have done more. Yeah, that's... No. You don't just lose uh, employees and then assume that it's... That's... It's just fine, I guess, you know. That's... Ugh. You don't just lose employees to a... Uh... You know, something like this. And then say, oh, we're deeply saddened and... Uh, we, our thoughts and prayers, you know, this is a little bit more serious than just corporate speak like that. You know, it, it's, it, this feels so canned at this point, you know, uh, it, God. Anyways, so for to all those families involved with any of the employees that passed away from this tornado event, you know, we wish you all very well, and we just want to say rest in peace to all those who had fallen from this devastating storm. And I do too. I, I, um, It's the worst, and I hope that, you know, if that the people that were lost, if they were providing for you as the family, if they were the income of the house and there's no other income or there's not enough without them, then I wish you the, the, um, I wish the I, I wish good fortune and exactly. I, I wish uh, I, I hope that things get better and that there's a way to stay afloat past this and that the sorrow that you feel from this event is I it gets me a bit wanna, yeah I don't want to make it feel like I'm saying get over it but it's like I hope that the the um I hope that there's more you know th there's better 
better times than now. And that, well, you can't get back these, these people. They, I hope that something better comes in the light in your life afterwards. Right. Like, I get what you're saying here, but it just, it really is just a matter of, like, like, hey, we just wish you best respect and everything and hope everything goes much better and just rest in peace. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I truly want to say, not, not like, you know, I want to say it and like, just know that I wish the best exactly. in general. Like I, I'm sorry about this. Fine. You know, if you've lost your lost people to this, exactly. But while we dealt with the devastating storm, we have to take a look at how the USPS experimented with a blockchain voting system. Oh yeah, that. So, there, that, that was a that was a thing, yeah. Um, so before the 2020 election, the U U.S. Postal Service pursued a project to build and secretly test a blockchain-based mobile phone voting system, and they which they were experimenting with a technology that the government's own cybersecurity agency says can't be trusted to security handle ballots. The system was never deployed in a live election and was banned in 2019. That was after cybersecurity researchers at University of Colorado conducted a test of the system during a mock election and found numerous ways that it was vulnerable to hacking. And the funny thing is that this was conducted without any federal agencies closely related to elections and that they were, this was back when they were scrambling to make voting more secure in the wake of the Russian interference in the 2016 contest. And apparently the, sec the secrecy of the Postal Service's mobile voting project alarmed election security officials and advocates who fear it would spark conspiracy theories and degrade public faith in the democratic process. And those concerns have grown immensely, obviously since the 2020 election, bolstered by Donald Trump's claims and his supporters. And Matt Masterson, who was a senior op advisor to the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency and the federal government's chief liaison to state and local election officials, he apparently was never aware of this whole program. Really? Oh. He said, if you're doing anything in the election space, transparency should be number one. There should be no guessing game around this. And he continued on saying, it's scandalous for a government at to conduct research into the security of blockchain online voting, which shows how insecure it is, but then hide the results and deprive the public and officials of these findings for over two years. That was from Susan Greenhall, Senior Advisor of Election Security for the Free Speech for People. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And the post service, uh, interestingly enough, 
they don't actually play a role in administering elections, but they're responsible for managing ballots sent by mail. And they've been, yeah, you can see where this is all going. But anyways, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, I, I agree with the, um, the, uh, sorry, um, I agree with not hiding this type of thing, you know, um, because it's, it's literally an experiment as to whether or not who gets into power is uh, the legitimacy, you know. But I, I mean, so there was no, absolutely no interference, like when it came to like this. So this was disbanded before uh, the upcoming elections, right? Yeah. So this is before the election that led Joe Biden to winning. I see. Okay. So, um, hmm. All right, then. Um, okay. Well, um, well, I get that they were testing it out, and, uh, it, it had no interference, so that is okay with me. But I feel like if they wanted to test it out, they, like, I don't know. Actually, now that I think about it, um, not too concerned about it, but uh, I, I understand that if they tried to implement it without even realizing that there are a lot of flaws to the security and the logic of, of it, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, that is kind of a, a bit of a flag, a, a red flag, um, that they would, that they would, like, not do their diligence to, um, uh, make sure that it, it was, like, secure way of verifying you know votes and that sort of stuff because we do live in a you know in a place where tamperments can happen across the country from people who are on the opposite side or across the world you know so it's it's a little uh, scary and that I feel like if we the people that are in power should be allowed to, uh, should be, uh, there, you know, in the sense of democracy, that the, the vote should be accurate, you know, of course, and it can't just be, like, uh, uh, corrupted, you know, by, uh, fakes, you know, or by fraudulent activity, you know? Yeah, and even the um, article itself, it mentions that, like, a lot of the government officials don't trust the system. So, naturally, it's weird that, you know, the USPS was trying to make a mobile voting system that, using technology that the government didn't find trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, the, the Postal Service is, you know, government, like, operated, right? Like, I believe the, so, yeah. They're the people who, you know, you get IRS letters from. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, that's usually where you get your stuff from. Uh, it's the Postal Service and FedEx and the uh, parcel service is usually just they're more freelance i guess in that privately sense. owned like, privately owned yeah yeah uh and uh, it just you know i i would expect them to communicate that a little bit better that um although it's good to you know experiment and test stuff out you also got to make sure that the stuff that you test out is. <laughs> I hope this makes sense. You know. Yeah. I feel yeah. it. Um, and you know about security too. Like, you know, stuff happens. You know, with legitimacy and um, you know, verification and stuff. You know, um, should we move on to the next topic? Um, about I, yeah, um, let's, about go, let's get on with the ransomware then, because I have nothing else really to say on the on the okay on that whole thing. Um, yeah. Um. So, and speaking of security, uh, a ransomware attack hits major payroll company right before Christmas. Uh, what was it? Is is Kronos the uh? No, Kronos is the um the place. Okay. Um. Paychecks at GameStop, Whole Foods, and other stores may be affected. So, um, as far as I know, this uh, includes, you know, with GameStop. Uh, I believe uh, Hannaford is owned by Whole Foods, I believe. Um, but I'm not too sure. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm not too into that uh, yet. But, uh, well, Whole Foods is, is owned there... by Amazon. I'm being fucking stupid. I'm sorry. It's Waterford. Uh, Alright, so... Fuck's sake. I don't know what's wrong with me. Anyways, um... Kronos is a... uh, It's a uh, workforce management um, company, I believe. I did... They there for basically they handle the hours and payroll stuff for a lot of companies and apparently including honda okay um uh, so uh they reported the attack on the 11th but it was until the 13th that they said it will take it may take several weeks to restore functionality um now this comes uh at a time where you need your paychecks, you know, for not even for, for not even for Christmas gifts, you know, you like this is a, oh, it's winter, you know, you need um like we have to obviously uh, gift everyone the joy of yeah I know <laughs> uh yeah and we have to uh, <laughs> gift uh, people the joy of uh. You know, uh, away, and uh, see you later. And uh, you know, um, 
so there's like a there was something that happened uh last time I, I mentioned uh which uh I kind of threw threw it uh in the air last episode, but the log four J vulnerability, which it, it literally happened like it was breaking news because it's a Java um like security flaw. Um but they can't rule out if it's connected to that um, vulnerability that I mentioned last week. Um, but they say that they're going through rapid patching and uh, they're making sure that the systems aren't susceptible. Um, so they don't know how soon the payroll functionality will come back. Um, but they are, the companies that do use Kronos, they are trying their best to, um, uh, find alternatives, according to this article. Um, so, the, the way I see this is that it's, it's scary that someone could, um, Hold on one second. Sega! Just kidding. I apologize, my fucking cat. <laughs> Anyways, um... Where was I? So, uh, this really illustrates, um, just how, like, j just how scary it can be when, uh, somebody decides to take advantage of security flaws, but also just in general, the trust of, you know, because all, uh, all patches are, of course, uh, just workarounds, you know? And none of them ever entail, like, full security. At this point, though, it, it being Christmas time, it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a vulnerable, vulnerable time because people are, very kind you know i mean i mean i know that this is security but I, what i want to talk more about is just that um don't let don't let the kind like don't let the kindness of people um you know don't let people be mean to you by taking advantage of your kindness you know don't 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 have don't let people into you know your um how do i say this like i want to i want to describe a situation where it's kind of like how you invite a vampire into your home you know if the if you invite them they can come in that sort of like thing i it, it's um and it's it's not like a mole, but 
it's more like don't have let people take advantage of your kindness sort of thing don't let people be kind to you um by by means of using that to let your guard down you know um of course be nice to people of course you know there's you know but don't let yourself get taken advantage of with the, with you know um but uh i just hope people will be able to get paid this christmas time um uh at least soon enough right this attack is quite you know scary yeah honestly. especially if you're trying to shop for like either new cars from honda or trying to buy your games for your child that or best friend that needs their video game fix like especially if you're trying to gift someone cyberpunk 2077 for christmas Oh, yeah, or trying to uh, give somebody the Halo Infinite campaign. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Which you could also get uh, on Game Pass, too, by the way, but I know my friend Alpaca here uses Steam, so. Yeah. Get direct console peasant. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, no, he's not a console peasant. He's like uh, a multicultural sort of like, um, I don't know. Uh, he knows the Sony, he knows the Xbox, he knows the computer, the Windows, but does he know Linux? Ooh. Does he know... Does he know the Linux? Well, to be fair, technically, you know, you can play all the games from Linux on PC anyways, because a lot of them are just on Steam. Yeah. But since when is that fun? True. And since when can you play Call of Duty? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Call of Duty. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Our next topic for the day is the fact that Spotify acquired a company called Wooshka. And this company, what it does is it allows you to, it allows Spotify to like convert like radio shows to be podcast shows. Interesting. Uh, I I wonder what what it took to like create that like like is it like an algorithm or something? Yeah. So what it kind of is, it's 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 Australia based podcast technology platform that gives independent creators, publishers, broadcasters, and band, brands a cost effective end to end platform to host, distribute, monetize, and track on demand audio. Wooshka offers radio broadcasters a specialized tool that makes it simple to turn their existing audio content into on demand podcast content. And they're going to inc incorporate the technology into their megaphone suite, which is a tool they also acquired to help them earn more for their content. It's like, it's like a it's essentially Spotify. Well, it looks like here, Spotify is like podcasting tool that they have okay. acquired in twenty twenty. So this looks like what this essentially is is looking at all this together. This is Spotify's real attempt at like really pushing towards the podcast side. This is them making. We want to be more than just music. We want to do all these other things with audio. 
hopefully we'll be able to uh, use that, even though we're not really a radio show, but also um, the whole podcast thing. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Like if you are exclusively yeah. doing your podcast with Spotify, like these tools they have here are gonna be extremely useful for you. And we, and we are here on Spotify as well. Oh, so, absolutely. We are. Yeah, we are here on Spotify. Even though our show has practically been a primarily YouTube-focused show, we do we are available everywhere else. And to all our fans on like the all the different platforms that we are on, we thank you very much for supporting us and watching us and listening to us throughout this entire time. Oh, certainly. It's it's uh good to know that you know um you know our our main platform is youtube but it's good to know that even on the audio side we can have people that listen to us even if they aren't that many it's still great to know that at least somebody would want to listen to this you know oh, absolutely just to download the show and just listen to it in their free time it's very helpful yeah definitely and while, and for those of you who are on Spotify, we also have another thing that we want to share with you is that Spotify is also allowing us to rate podcasts. Yep. So. So. So now instead of like and subscribe, you can rate five and subscribe. Yeah. So here's your hint. Yeah, it was YouTube's thing back then. I don't know what they're doing for a rating system exactly, but... YouTube is just like, and then dislike. But dislikes are hidden. But Spotify is doing the opposite of that, and they're actually expanding on that user feedback thing. So, guys, if you really like the show on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. Yeah. We need all those five-star ratings so we can boost our algorithm on Spotify and actually be able to be promoted. Just kidding. Certainly. <laughs> and then we can chill out to uh, our overlords. Anyways, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Now. We can chill out to Raid Shadow Legends. Just kidding. Yeah, Raid Shadow Legends and NordVPN. And Audible. And, uh, okay, actually, we are on Audible as well, but technically you could. Get it, we yeah, could get Audible sponsorship. Plenty of uh, different mediums. We could even try to tap into the Asian pop music market again, like we did last. Dear, you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> How the fuck do you have three of those pop figurines? All three of the members, plus, I don't know if there's a fourth one, but. No, it's like, th three. Yeah, um. Yeah, so man, we, I don't know. Yeah, so I, I swear, if they had four members, um, they would have lost it. I guess. Yeah, so because the, four means death in Japan. Yeah, so and uh, you know, um, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off, but I really have to say this. You know, I don't hate if any sort of J-pop or baby metal or like that type of metal, but uh. This son of a bitch right here has like, you know, three uh, uh, baby metal figurines of all three members. And uh, he also has a lunchbox that he uh, teased me with. And, uh, you know, I'm starting to get really, really tired about that. You know, 
I mean, just to think that, you know, subliminally, I've been uh, ever so slightly been tapping into my uh, Stockholm Syndrome and, uh, you know, getting used to the J-pop. You know, every once in a while when I'm AFK in voice chat, I'll see me six just playing baby metal in the ba in the distance at like one percent volume, and I'll just be enjoying you know Grand Theft Auto Five or you know Red Dead, and I'll be like, what the fuck is? I hear something, but I don't know what it is. Guess what it is? We got the one. Yep. Every time I hear that. I become even closer. <laughs> J-pop is love. J-pop is life. Yeah. Hotstay Miku is everything just kidding, Wool. But also bye. <laughs> uh. Anyways, uh, those are some powerful words right there, my man. Those are some very powerful words. <laughs> yeah, you know it's more powerful than words. Action. You know what? I, you know what I mean by action. <laughs> A fucking gun. Anyways, how do I delete this? Oh, okay. Anyway. I think I just like yeah, I, sh I shrunk my microphone again. This is bullshit. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> well, uh, all the news with Spotify is really cool. What we... if you couldn't get into Spotify because there's an app for that, but there's not a fob for that? Yeah, so our good friends over at Toyota decided to think it was a good idea to do something very interesting with key fobs. <laughs> Imagine the uh, Tesla situation, but in reverse. <laughs> exactly. So, what they're doing here? Jeez. Oh, um. But yes, yeah, so what they're doing here is that they're making it so if you want to wirelessly unlock your car, you have to pay a subscription for that. <laughs> if you're a Toyota user, and have a newer model. Oh yeah, and imagine um, you know, paying to have the privilege to unlock your car wirelessly without a fob or an FOB. I call them FOBs, but um, apparently they're called fobs by some people. Anyways, besides that, imagine that. Um, and uh, you thought uh, a subscription for seat warmers was bad. Looking at you, Linus. But yeah, look at this. So the article, the first one talks about how it, in 20, if you have a 2018 or later Toyota with Toyota's remote connections, the vehicle has to be enrolled in a valid subscription in order for the key file to start the car remotely. I wonder what the legal repercussions are if you, like, hack your vehicle. Because, I mean... There are certain rules for the legality of motor vehicles, I know, but a subscription service for a wireless FOB that isn't a key, like, 
I could only imagine if, if there's any actual, like, oh, you can't do this, is against terms of service, now we're gonna, like, repossess your vehicle, even though that's... I don't know how that would work. Yeah, and on top of it, too, it even mentions here how the, you have to either pay $8 a month or $80 a year for this service. There's, there's no pay-all. Your vehicle's gonna be trash in, like, five years, so, like... What? So they're just gonna nickel and dime you $80 every year or 8 bucks every month or so, right? Mm-hmm. Damn. And this is when we get to this, though. So, they're also... You know, in the next article, we have to talk about also mentioned that how Toyota owners who want to park their car remotely will need to pay it. Pay as they strike remote and they're saying that the automaker that the function will no longer be included in the physical car key as digital service and subscription based methods. In other words, your freaking car key will no longer be able to remotely start up your car <laughs> or unlock it. Is this good for the driver? I is this good for the consumer? <laughs> is this good I... to make sure that, you know, freeze your ass off, cold starting it in the winter? <laughs> you can just do it from your apartment windowsill. Yeah, all freaking followed. But anyway, I'm saying here, for 2018, the will work for three years over a trial period. a three-year trial after that. Sorry. Oh, geez. For certain 2020 models, uh, you model your vehicles and newer owners receive a 10-year trial for services. So, you know, like, what the fuck is that noise? Uh, sorry. Um, So, uh, maybe we don't have to worry about this, but that 11th year, when you have to actually pay for it, it, at that point, either your vehicle is trashed, or it's like, why do you even need this feature anymore? <sighs> yeah, so think of it this way. That means over the course of additional, let's see, say 11 years, and you get a three-year trial, that means on total... This is the funny thing. On total, you start three years from $880. That's like a, over $700 you have to pay, or close to $800 still. Just to get your freaking car to remote start. And the funny thing is that the Toyota even here. As we move a more digital experience within the Toyota app, key fob remote start is not a feature we actively market. Oh, good. At least they're trying to hide fees again. That's nice. Yeah. Sorry. I have no. I have no way to be not negative right now. No, it's Ever fine. Since that, uh, <laughs> that, uh. 
the NFTs from Stalker too. <laughs> the NFTs from Sorry. Ubisoft Quartz. Now you need uh to pay it. You you need to own the NFT of the Toyota in order to use the key fob nowadays. Oh God! Imagine have to pay like ten thousand dollars just for a freaking image so you could unlock your Toyota. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, but that image is like a an advanced QR code that's specific to your vehicle. Oh, Jesus Christ. Nine. <laughs> Nine, nine, nine. Just kidding. I'm not gonna make that reference. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Nah. Don't. But uh, no. I saw in the corner. There's like this video playing, and it, it's there's like a German uh news anchor. I just saw nine pop up in this in this in the uh background. Kind of like how uh, baby metal popped up in the background last week. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, so I think that's all we have to really say about the Toyota thing. I mean, obviously, looking at the situation, it does kind of suck that, you know, a feature that was a swan standard for Toyota vehicles is being taken away to be promoted at a price point. That's the most important thing about the whole thing. And it's very shitty. <laughs> oh, yeah. But hey, at least... At least it's good for the consumer. Right. No, this is horrible for the consumer. But what is good for the consumer, however, is the fact that there's been more advances in terms of the food delivery error sector. Oh. Is this good for the homeless and disabled that can't get out to eat? That's actually good. Yeah, let's talk about that. An actual good story that might brighten your spirit up a little bit. Yeah, so I just, I can't just be uh, Scrooge all the time. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> By the way, miss Merry Christmas, everybody. If, if we don't, like, if this episode doesn't, like, get pushed out beforehand. All right. We really appreciate you. Merry Christmas. Likewise. Anyways. Back to the uh, main video hit. So we have three episodes here regarding food delivery. And one of the things Ford is planning to do here is that they want to bring 10,000 pounds of fresh food to southwest Detroit residents with autonomous vehicle delivery pilot. Oh. So, so, according to you know, the Ford, their, the press release released by Ford, Ford Motor Company, in collaboration with Philanthropic Arm, Ford Motor Company Fund, is launching a fresh food delivery pilot in southwest Detroit to play in special autonomous vehicle technology. And they're expected to provide 10,000 pounds of fresh food to the doors of senior citizens access to food mobility challenges. And the example that they provide here is that residents of Rio Vista Detroit Co-op Apartments Senior Living Center now will see their existing food delivery from the complimentary program. And yeah, that's pretty good to see that you know they're expanding into the you know this sort of thing. 
Oh yeah, certainly. It's this... always great to know that you know technology being used for the good, but also I I like the idea of the um just the fact that they're giving to people who like like I mentioned at the start the people that really can't get out there as much. You know, it's it's great to see that you know they got this stuff. Yes, but, uh, but yes. I, I'm just a little, I'm just a little afraid, you know, with the whole like, should autonomous vehicles do blah blah blah? We, like we always, like I've always talked about, but uh, I mean, hey, soon enough we'll have androids from Cyberlife, so. And soon enough we'll have Vocaloids dominating society. Just kidding. Um. Yeah, and soon enough we'll have uh. Uh, androids being deviants and uh, a lesbian stripper stripper couple on the loose. <laughs> that, no, that that literally happened in uh, Detroit Become Human, one of the video games that I remember like playing. It was literally <laughs> it's the stupidest story, but literally like there. There's some guy got murdered at a strip club, and then these two androids that fell in love with each other, both women, uh, ran away from the strip club and, you know, lived life together. <laughs> I don't I, like it, when you when I put it in that context, it sounds weird, but it like that's literally what happened. <laughs> And I'm, I'm just going about the the game like, okay, all right then, well, see you later, I guess. I don't know. Right. <laughs> on to the next scene. Of course, <laughs> yes. And we have another section of this too that Amazon's also reportedly ex expanding its grocery delivery business as well. So the idea is that well, see, well, last one more terrible thing. The next two cases of this are actually more profitable, and the Amazon wants to compete more with Instacart. And according to the information, the company has spent much of last year trialing a product known as Amazon Fresh Marketplace, which allowed UK Prime subscribers to order groceries from major supermarket brands with same-day delivery fulfilled by the company's flex drivers. And they're bringing this whole service to the United States and the majority of Europe. So, and, the, and Amazon, while they declined to comment specifics of its plan, it did share with them that their focus is providing Amazon customers the best possible experience when it comes to grocery delivery, whether that is from Amazon Fresh, Whole Foods, or one of our local stores like Bartels in Seattle, Morrison's in London, or Monoprix in Paris. So, what they're essentially going to do is that they're going to allow other markets to partner up with Amazon so that way they can have their stuff delivered. I see. So kind of like how Instacart has it. So I actually know Instacart because I work at a grocery market that does do Instacart and the idea is kind of, it's pretty much Uber groceries. Oh yeah. That is, so Instacart delivers, right? Uh, and, uh, I pretty much know the gist of them. They it's literally just like uh, people who drive to your house and deliver your groceries for you. They handpick them from the store, and then mm -hmm. when it's time to, they they drop it off, right? 
Yeah, so essentially, what um, we, essentially the way it works is that the grocery market will check. The shopper will go to the mark. They claim the order on their app on the phone. And then they what they do is go to the supermarket and they scan all the things on their phone. And then when they check out, they usually you know, scan everything and they enter a special code. So if I the grocery market, hey, this is an order for Instacart. And they have a special credit card they would use, whether it's, whether it's Apple Pay or the physical card. And then they pay it and then they ship it off to whoever it's going to. And they make a certain amount of money for each order plus tip. Okay. So it's likely that Amazon, when they expand the service to, you know, everywhere else, is going to work kind of similar. I don't know if the payment is going to be higher or worse than Instacart. Because if they offer a higher rate of pay per order than Instacart, this sort of change could be huge. Yeah. Certainly. That's how I look at this whole thing. And Amazon no one gets massive network of all these services and abilities. Like the fact that they already have a massive delivery network and they have the logistics to be able to do everything could make could pull I believe they could definitely pull this off, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazon like could uh, I I think they like if they, I think they could pretty much do anything at this point. Like when it comes to like uh, e-commerce and uh, be, like moving on to more uh, like like this type of stuff, but like even more of that type of stuff. Like uh, you know how like they're like uh, I I don't know like the the uh, automated stores out there in like California, I believe, right? Like what? What if those became like a norm almost with with like Amazon uh, grocery stores, where you could like it's literally a trust mechanism at that point that you wouldn't like you know steal tampons for your girlfriend like a certain someone did. <laughs> I love all the biotech references you pull into this, but yeah, I hear you. Like they actually tested it out. I remember. Oh, that. Linus is the best. Exactly. Better than the rest. Exactly. But I remember, too, that, like, a lot of grocery markets have tested some form of automation recently. I know, like, the grocery market I work at, for instance, they have a thing where you download a specific app on your phone. And then the way it works is you scan all your groceries on your phone. There's a special QR code you scan, and you're out. Oh. So. Interesting. Oh, so, the, so they're already kind of rolling out something similar. Yeah, but the difference is that Amazon is purely, you know, you don't have to worry about scanning a QR code. Amazon is purely, you walk in and you're out. Yeah, which, they, God, that must feel weird. Yeah, because I think the way Amazon's whole system works for their self-stores is that they have security cameras really planted everywhere in the goddamn store. And then they have your phone, which has a special code that you scan in in order to enter the store or something like that. Yeah. And then from there, you I... gather all your stuff, and then based off how, how it tracks you, you then walk out, and you're good to go. Yeah, which uh, in and of itself is kind of 
not even creepy, but it's just like, wow, how does this AI know that I did or didn't steal feminine hygiene products? Like, how would Amazon know if they expanded this to other things that I took this figure um, off its shelf? Oh, it's the baby metal! <laughs> I didn't know where this went actually. I didn't know where this image went and I, I was like, oh where where <laughs> anyways, I'ma just like throw this away now. Uh oh yeah, and do my signature walk away. <laughs> Is that the new baby metal album? <laughs> Anyways, uh, um, yeah. Oh, that was nice. Additionally, we have Uber also attempting this too. They're partnering with a company called Motivational. Wow, emotional. Emotional. <clears throat> emotional. Yeah, okay. I should be on you. Anyways. So what this is that Uber... Emotional, which is a global driverless company leader, and Uber... They're announcing a partnership to launch autonomous deliveries for Uber customers. And that Motional's electric vehicles will conduct deliveries of a curated set of meal kits from select restaurants on Uber Eats. So essentially the way this is going to handle out is this is going to be, you know, Uber Eats is not going to be relying as much on physical drivers as much because they're going to start doing these automated Vehicle deliveries. Mm-hmm. And even then, Uber has said, We're excited to partner with Motional to test a new kind of delivery for Uber Eats customers in 2022. Our customers and merchant partners have come to expect convenience, reliability, and innovation from Uber, and this collaboration represents a huge opportunity to meet and exceed those expectations. So yeah, this is obviously going to be a huge step. Like, this is kind of more similar to what we mentioned earlier with how Ford is doing things with the elderly in Chicago or Detroit, I believe. Yeah. But the difference is that this is more on a for-profit side. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like, imagine how many people, you know, have been, you know, doing Instacart or DoorDash or whatever else to fuel the gig economy. Yeah. What if you can just eliminate the middleman and just get the vehicles there and back? Hmm. I see, yeah. Did you vanish away because you thought I was going to show another figure? Uh... Oh, yeah. No, here I am. 
<laughs> but if you do. <laughs> things will break. <laughs> uh, can I have this hammer? Alright. See you, hammer. Don't worry. I only stowed you away temporarily. Until I see another, uh, uh, Hatsune Miku. Bro, this can't rotate. Oh, Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> uh, shit, where'd the hammer go? <laughs> I got a bigger one now. Make it big. Alright. Like, what do you think of this whole idea of, like, Uber Eats trying to experiment with autonomous vehicle deliveries? Oh, I, I'm okay with it. I, I'm great, you know. Um, it, it's, I mean, hey, it's, uh, it's a thing. It's just that, like, so, um, the thing is, is what happens if it's late, like the autonomous one? Because, like, when it comes to like a, you know, a person. You know, you can fire them, but if the vehicle's being late, do they just scrap the vehicle or something? <laughs> I don't... Um, I, would, I wouldn't think so, because a lot of it, too, it has come down to the people making the food as well. What? There's a thing called people, and they also make food, too. Wait, people make food? I thought it was fairies. <laughs> I thought it was J-pop uh, idol girls right. that also make food. Just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, um, I'm gonna just get rid of this hammer again. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm... But anyways, though, um, the only thing... Yeah, let, let's move on to the next topic. I, I was like, oh, yay, automatic. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um... Let's see. While this is, you know, obviously good to show automation technology for gaming, not gaming, uh, food delivery. Yeah. Let's, see. Let's answer the question. What's the answer? The most important question of I think of the week. Is Chinese surveillance good for the player? Will this make them more obedient? One hour into their gaming session. Well, here's the thing: is that uh, apparently a, a review by the Washington Post of more than 100 Huawei PowerPoint presentations, many more confidential, suggests that the company had a broader role in tracking China's populace than it had acknowledged. These marketing presentations proposed to a long-facing. Huawei website before the company removed them late last year show Huawei pitching how its technology can help government authorities identify individuals by voice, monitor political individuals of interest, manage ideological re-education and labor schedules for prisoners, and help retailers track shoppers using facial recognition. And also mentioned Yay. that Huawei has no knowledge of the product's mentioned in the Washington Post report 
like all other major providers, Huawei provides cloud platform services that comply with common industry standards. Sure. Yep. Is this ethical for the common people? No. <laughs> <sighs> nope. Surveillance is never really, I'd say, like, I mean, you don't have any right, I guess, to, like, privacy in public but god damn you know yeah are the standards really different overseas yeah one thing it does note here that this all under beijing's pressure huawei and other tech giants pledged they would not abuse facial recognition and other surveillance tools as a new law protecting personal data came into effect so (laughs) this seems like Beijing would be a more pro player thing, but how often can you really trust China in many things like this now nowadays? Uh, well, I mean, you, you mentioned um, a good point. Uh, can I trust my fellow government to uh, to uh, acknowledge uh, independence uh, when they're pissed off at people? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, by comparison, looking at American companies, Facebook said in November that it would shut down its facial recognition system and delete facial templates of more than a billion people. Microsoft, IBM, and Amazon also announced they would not sell facial recognition software to police until there was federal regulation, and Zoom removed an employee attention tracking function. And... They and, hacked. Yeah. Even then, like, the Chinese embassy in Washington said criticism of Huawei was groundless. Huawei has long been public, publicly express its readiness to sign a no-backdoor agreement and set up a security assessment center in any country to receive extra scrutiny. So far, no other company has ever made the same commitment. Yeah, and they showed like a whole bunch of... The article goes on for a while, but it shows these slides... And, like, how it does all this crazy stuff. And I don't want to get into the the deep specifics of it. Because it goes on for a lot. And, personally, I don't want to know how creepy it gets. Yeah. We're still like, truly, other it, than, you know, yeah. I'm the still, obvious. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna, we're going to leave it at the most Cliff Notes version of this as possible, considering the fact that it goes into a lot of detail. And I was, we'll leave the link to this article, you know, as part of our description, which you could find as like a notepad document I put on my cloud. But yeah, I would look into this more because this is actually a very intriguing topic to look at too because it mostly this article mostly really detailed like how much can you really trust China these days 
I mean, for freak's sake, earlier in the in the series, we we actually discussed a whole article about freaking curfews that China's placing down as people for games. Yeah. And they believe that it's good for the citizen. <laughs> Anyways, um... <laughs> Uh, that and, uh, I mean, honestly, nowadays, the only thing you can trust that's Chinese is, like, the products and, uh, the $5 buffet downtown. Anyways. Which technically isn't really Chinese. Yeah. I know, that's not the same thing, but, uh, except, um, I had a brother that, well, we, we were eating out, okay, and he found a staple in his, like, like rice <laughs> what <laughs> fuck your face <laughs> um but i don't know if he if if like they accidentally if it was an accident or like he because like, the bat they stapled the bags clothes okay so i can only assume that he f he wasn't paying attention and it just fell in, in his styrofoam plate. Oh wow! <laughs> but he's okay. He's okay. He didn't eat it. He was. He just bit down. He was like, "What the fuck is? This? They did not cook this. Oh shit! That's not rice. Why is it shiny and silver?" Um. Uh. But anyways, um. Uh, There's like uh, only a few like Chinese things that actually have gone into the mainstream in terms of I know Genshin Impact Tencent manufactured goods and social credit score memes that and Chinese food which isn't Chinese I guess because well it's things. funny enough I remember my brother came from amazing. California like he came back in California so he's moving back to where nearby where I live yeah. And he mentioned that the Chinese food in California is wildly different than the Chinese food over in the East Coast. Because of the mm -hmm. fact that all the, you know, the immigrants of Asian descent have come over from, you know, the, the Asia's East Coast, the United States West Coast. I see you have, like, more authentic Asian food over there. Yeah. So... Well, that, that's pretty good. Yeah, I noticed some restaurants are just generally different, but, uh... I, I didn't even realize that regionally, you know? State from state. Like, if you come down to, say, like, Connecticut or New York or whatever... Like that region of the nation where I live, I live is technically known to have some of the best pizza in the country, in addition to like Chicago. Yeah. But if definitely. you go, but if you go down anywhere else, the pizza is most likely not going to be as consistently good as say in the area I live in, for instance. Well, you see there, Frank, the, uh, Average dude, average dude across the nation is different. 
I should know because I'm a Bostoner. <laughs> and I went to New York once and I had a great Italian pizza. And suddenly I turned to British for no fucking reason. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I turned to Australia. <laughs> go down to Cashies, have some great pocket pizzas. Pokemon Go! Pokemon <laughs> <Hey>, Go! <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know the funny thing too. Thing, but oh, so with all the Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny to think about the two. It's just like how like we were just talking about food, and it's just like I'm sure Pokemon the, that and like a thing how in the Midwest, for instance, like I'm with all the German influence in that area. I'm sure like some of the German sausages in that area would be pretty good. Eh, I guess so. I mean. I haven't really had a relationship in a while with, like, you know, men, so, you know, that... Oh, wait, you're talking about the other... Fuck, never mind. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving on. Yeah, I think we strayed away from the original intention of the article here for a little bit, but yeah, I think this China, the China surveillance thing is... Oh, we went from fascism to, like, you know, Germany, which, <laughs> you know, back in the 1940s. But, uh, that's neither here nor there, and we're probably gonna get blocked in Germany now. Fuck. Well, back in the 1940s, there was a man with a silly mustache. <laughs> and it butterfly-affected into Amazon changing their logo. Right. And, uh, you can no longer go to, you know, Eastern Asia without, um, being a moron and calling, uh, certain religions, uh, Nazis for some reason. Absolutely. But because, you know, your own culture is one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah. Well, that's a, you know, that's China surveillance is a whole issue. There is Hopefully one... we can repair the uh, democracy there. Oh, absolutely. Anyways, uh, With the love and caring respect of Microsoft and iFixit, partnership, so you can repair your own Surface devices. Yay! Right to repair. Hey, I think I think now that I keep on men mentioning LTT. Oh my God! Guess guess what? He loves right to repair. Uh, Gamers Nexus loves right to repair, uh, and I think Steve Jobs is, oh wait, no, he's at from Apple, never mind, uh, uh, <laughs> um, every, every other tech you know likes this idea. Yeah, 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 I, so, Yang, I guess. So pretty much what it is, I now that it'll begin, so like, official Microsoft Paris tools. Obviously, right now it's only for certain service partners, but the fact that this is a thing is showing that companies are more willing now to, you know, trust iFix it with some legitimate parts and everything for, you know, repairing your devices. Yeah, and the general right to repair. Like, partnering, partnering with, like, uh, you know, Literally, they're they're about fixing stuff. They give you tools that are like really good, like 
of course they'd be right to repair because that's part of their business but also just generally that's like you know I, I'd say the right side of uh, consumerism yeah and some example of things that they're selling include battery covers a debonding cradle to help cut the adhesive of holding the screen glass and a weighted frame vise to properly re-adhere re a replaced screen so if you look down the article, you'll see that's what they have here. They actually give, they are selling a device that'll help you seal the stream back in place. Oh, I see that. Oh my God, that's wow! Holy crap, that's that's actually really cool. I, I'd like, I'd actually love that. Is it the one that? Is it the thing that looks like a phone stand with it's... like the little guitar picks? Those are like prying tools, so those are tools you can use to pry open the screens and everything like that. But if you scroll uh, further down, you'll see this like rectangle, like it looks like an outline of a rectangle. Yeah. That is the weighted frame vise that allows you to properly re-adhere a replaced screen. Ah, I see. And the t tools, and if you look down here, the tools are only available for newer Surface devices, like the Surface Laptop 3 and newer, the Surface Pro X, the Surface Pro 7, and the Surface Pro 8. Okay. But they do, but I think it does say they're hoping to make these available to customers worldwide. But mm -hmm. yeah, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Imagine if one day Microsoft part of iFix of our official Xbox repair kit. Oh my god, and then, you know, you'd, like, like, kind of like with Sony, like, with the faceplate thing, but you'd be able to install, like, like, not, not even just have, like, an easy access NVMe drive, you could put in, like, you know, a couple of them and then store all the games, because games are only getting, like, you know, bigger and bigger, you know, so. Yeah, because yeah, Microsoft, the way they work is that instead of installing NVMe drives, they have specialized right. memory cards. It, yeah, no, 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 I'm saying about, like, like the next Xbox. <laughs> maybe, yeah. yeah. That's, like, ten years from now. But I feel like Microsoft would, de would probably keep the, you know, the card format, because considering it's easier for pets to recognize them. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that was one of the things that Xbox mentioned was, they were like, hey, um... These NVMe drives seem like they can be a little bit too complicated for most people to figure out how to replace them. So we're just going to go with the memory card route to get the hmm. officially higher storage, which is a kind of a funny callback to old re retro gaming in some ways. I was going to mention, like, this is literally like Nintendo with their proprietary, like, memory cards. Yeah, same with the PlayStation 2, even though, you know? Yeah. Wow. But at least with Xbox, you can get a extra hard drive to store more games. But even though you can't play them, at least it's an option. And you can swap the games in and out as you need them. My, yeah. My, um, myself, on the other hand, I do plan on eventually upgrading my PS5 to have a ridiculous MVME storage so I can download a bunch of PlayStation 5 games on it. Mm -hmm. And my Series X, I'll probably eventually do a similar thing I'll upgrade the storage to have like the memory card be a ridiculous high storage too 
I see. Eventually. And uh, for me, because I'm a computer elitist, uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna like uh, buy the. Uh, so re like recently there's just been this like there's like a two thousand dollar motherboard <laughs> and like um what is that it's fucking soulless eyes <laughs> i knew it from the soulless eyes uh, uh well uh let's make my departure Arigato. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. Uh, eventually, I plan on like, uh, like expanding uh, my uh, uh, Steam Deck to eight terabytes. Provide like a certain someone. All right, provide you destroy the entire system in five seconds. Provided it doesn't, uh, you know, uh, turn into an explosive bouncing Betty trap with shrapnel included. We did talk uh, about that in an earlier episode, which the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. But all of a sudden, I'll just hear... <laughs> just toss it into someone you don't really like too much. It's like, uh, uh, I did it. I'm not a fall for this. Thank you. Bye. You've been vac banned for life. From life. And now just, it just, it's a fucking landmine. Oh god, you've been vac banned from life. <laughs> like, imagine you're like, hey, um, I'm gonna replace the hard drive and unintentional, is, I don't know why I'm thinking of unintentional plots of murder here, but if someone wanted to, they could just like swap a freaking hard drive but fail do so intentionally. And then they give it to their friend or whoever who they absolutely hate. It's like, hey, you want to play the Steam Deck? I'm like, yeah, sure. Blows up in their face. You can't ad advocate uh, murder. So, uh, anyways. Uh, um, anyways, uh, yeah, that 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 would be pretty uh, 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 shitty. Uh, anyways. Uh... <laughs> God, it's, it's so like... cruel. This is cruel. Yeah. But well, seriously, that's an example of what we can't do with the right to prepare. But anyways, back to the main yeah, the subject. right to uh, the right to uh, repair history. Going yeah. back in time and steam decking people across the face. <laughs> anyways, now, now the question is: Is this good for the player? Yes. Yes, we actually get to repair stuff. Why does my camera keep on moving towards the the left? I hate that. My camera's been moving. I need to, like, vice grip it down. Anyways, uh, is this good for the player? Yes, we get to actually fix stuff and, uh, upgrade our storage easier. And people actually get smarter. They get to know how to do the bits and bobs. Absolutely, provide they are not nervous and, well... Nervous about and have reduced fear of thinking they're going to break their devices. Yeah, or turn into a uh, uh, a uh, hazard to life, um, as we know it. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Speaking of life as we know it, um, the deaf and hard of hearing are getting uh, sign language interpreters in a meta portal or Facebook portal in the video calls, uh, I guess. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, meta, aka Facebook, um, has a video conferencing tool called Portal. And you're going to have the ability to eventually get a sign language interpreter so that if you are, you know, deaf, you could actually understand what they're saying. Oh, yeah. Without text-to-speech subtitles, which, um, when I was in school, um, text-to-speech was not always reliable. And back then, swearing was, like, taboo. And, uh, you know. School's text-to-speech writer, teleprompter, was, uh, having a bad day. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, let's hope these interpreters don't have a bad day. Because, um, they actually, uh, it's available in English or Spanish and Japanese, uh, uh, K-pop. Uh, but I mean, d d fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw you waving that fucking figurine. Um. Uh, oh yes, Japanese K-pop. I wonder if there's like Vietnamese K-pop or or Chinese K-pop. B-pop, T-pop. Actually, that would be various T-pops because you have Thailand and then Taiwan. No, the same thing as Chinese pop. Just kidding. Z pop. Sorry. <laughs> uh. Anyways. Uh, uh, hail the glorious ruler. Just kidding. Um. <laughs> uh. But yeah, there will be interpreters uh, available twenty four seven if a chat cannot wait. Uh, letting you bring an English or Spanish sign language interpreter into conversations. Apparently. Yeah. So, um. So hey. That's very good that's for good. especially for the Western Hemisphere. Where everyone's either English or Spanish. Uh, yeah. unless, unless you're Canada and the Quebec province. Oh, really? Sorry. <laughs> but this is a step in the right direction. I feel like Facebook slash Meta could definitely expand into this. Like, if this is received very well, they could expand into this to, like, other languages like Portuguese or German. Japanese. Oh, yeah. Korea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Two of Alpaca's favorite languages he wants to learn. And then Chinese. I will sue you. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yes. Uh, get the hammer. Where's the hammer? Uh, oh, yes. Here is the hammer. Uh, anyways. Uh, uh, there's that, and, um, oh, you know, uh, uh, there is, what is it? Um, well, actually, this is a short article, but, um, Ted attend off, um, because of the pandemic, of course, um, or just generally the fact that we live a more digital life. Um, 
I like this because, um, you know, personally, like, when things have to change, like, globally almost at this point, it, it's, 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 it's not even a new world at that point. It is, like, a different, like, universe at this point. You know, it, fe it feels like you literally are just living in a mirror world of, no, not a mirror world, but in, in a world where it's like, it's like, uh, you know, the whole, like, Ocarina of Time and then Majora's Mask. Majora's Mask is so fucking weird. Think of it like that. We, we literally live in a different universe now at that point. Uh, we, we now live in Termina instead of Hyrule. We live in a world uh -huh. in which... Everything around you is a freaking Is this good for the alpaca? <laughs> Anyways. Um is this good for the player? Yes. Um because sign language and stuff like that. I, I truly appreciate this actually cuz although I won't use it, I I just appreciate people who are willing to um you know do this type of stuff speech to text and like typing to each other is you know speech to text is kind of really inaccurate um like sometimes it really depends on the audio quality and the ai's ability and just typing to each other is slow i feel but you know it's i mean i know it's no different you know but huh this being a live person you know somebody who has a the ability to process those words and say them because like you know during like speeches i remember like there's always like some sign language interpreter off to the right or left that would always do that this is basically an extension of that you know right and i know another example of this too that was amazing was the fact that forza horizon 5 also implemented sign language interpreters in in a future patch in their game which is showing that there's an increased focus of accessibility in terms of inter entertainment and communication which is an amazing thing to see oh yeah definitely um I feel like they they went from great optimization, so you could, like you could play it on like really lower end hardware, to increasing uh, accessibility in other ways that aren't just like hardware, like actual like I have a disability that is affected by that type of gameplay, so this would help, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like. like I mean, subtitles work, but sign language, some people, like, some people find a bit, like, uh, easier, I'd be, I, I, I'd guess, you know? <laughs> right. Um, and it's, eh, I don't know. Um, because, yeah, you could always have subtitles, like I said, but, um, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's a thing, you know, and some people just prefer this or that, you know. Um, but anyways, um, 
yeah. Do you have anything else you want to say on this topic too before we move on to what we should consider uh, to be the last topic? Not too much. Uh, no. Um, uh, no, not really. No. Um, it's uh, just just happy that there's you know accessibility for other you know types of people you know um right the last thing we just have to mention for the last topic of the day now is we have to talk about this nvidia geforce rtx 2050 that they're introducing for laptops Woo! even lower end hardware that still allows you to get those extra rays from the sun anyways uh woo! <laughs> uh, woo, and it's based off of the new architecture, but it's a 2050, but it's also worse than a 3050. So, what? <laughs> yeah, the proof of what it is that on December 17th, NVIDIA announced that they were going to do a, a new RTX 20 series configuration. The 2050. As well, an update to their MX lineup with MX 550, MX 570, which are like more of the entry level stuff. Yeah. And what makes this interesting is that if you go a little bit if you look further down the article, it mentions how diving into the hardware itself, let's start with you know, that 2050. That's the more interested I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. That fast with the new laptop accelerator, and I'll say it's also the most, well, for what we're first. This is the second time they announced a new RTX 20 series SKU, following by the 12 gigabyte desktop RTX 2060 last week. So, the prior week, they had a 2060 being announced. And then the second part is that it's fully RTX enabled, RT cores and all, but they never produced a low-end Turing TU-10X chip, those features. And that's because NVIDIA had responded that this is actually based off the Ampere architecture, not Turing. And they're saying how, and they scroll down even further, there's actually specifications for the for this card. Well, for the laptop GPU, you can actually see what this is. Okay. So, CUDA cores is 2048 CUDA cores. ROPS is 32. Boost clock is 1155 to 1477 megahertz memory clock is at 14 gigabytes per second of gdr6 memory memory bus width is at 60 is a 64 bit vram is at 4 gigabytes tdp range is 30 to 45 watts gpu is based off of the ga107 architecture ampere manufacturing process is based on eight eight nanometers and it's going to come out in spring of 2022 So, as you see here, this should have been more like a 3010, but for some reason decided to label it as the 2050. 
you can only go lower. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why you would label it as a 2050 when you could technically just make it like a 3040 or 3030. Yeah. I I wonder if they're like I I truly don't understand the the, the labeling. It's like um just because you know, it's it's an ampere, you know? It's not a Turing architecture. Uh, uh and also um it's it's not a like uh, ooh, give me one second. Did the RTX 2060 non-TI have GDDR5 or 6? I forgot. I um, forgot as well. But, but, yeah, um... You can see here that we can get most of the specs they provide here. Oh, if you look at the 2050 compared to the 3050, some of the specs they provide under there, minus the fact the memory bus width is a lower bit, it does have a higher boost clock than, I mean, the lower at lower end boost clock than both 3050 Ti and 3050, while the maximum boost clock is lower. Yeah, I see. Which um, that means its lowest speed is actually higher, but for some reason the highest end is lower. The only way I see this is that they are um, they're using thirty fifty dies that truly aren't like um, able to be as stable. I believe, I guess, because um, it's literally the same GPU, of course. But uh, you know, um, the naming, like we've said, is different i guess it 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 boosts higher but it's the lowest uh the, the lowest clock it can go is below the 350 you know with boost clock um so it's just generally clocked lower um i mean i don't know it, it, it's also lower power it's 45 watts maximum so I can only assume this is like the budget like low power option that is also not exactly like um not exactly something I'd call uh supposed to be super low end like it could still do things that the RTX series can do but it's like it's available only at the laptop too so that also hampers a lot of the ability you'd have with it but um um so uh that's that's the only thing i see about it is that that's it's pretty much a low power dedicated gpu that it's a really strange bin <laughs> honestly um but whatever they can do to get you know stock out i guess you know i mean uh one of the arguments for you know uh, gpu miners not being the cause of the shortage was with a pandemic everyone just 
went straight ahead to like grab um they went right ahead and grabbed all the computers out there and some even started building and selling them and eventually that led to like a lot of demand that they couldn't supply so i assume they're pretty much just trying to get whatever stock because anyone will buy these i mean i know this isn't really a gpu that's you know you can just pull out of a pre-built um Anybody will buy a GPU, even like a brand new GPU, even if it's a laptop. That you know, at least they can do something. You know, matter of fact, some people right now because they can't get an RTX 30 series, they literally rely on RTX 30 series laptops as their main, you know, desktop. Like, but it's a laptop, of course. <laughs> so. Um, pretty much just old stock that they're trying to make purpose of. Um, as far as that's my theory about this. Um, but it being called the 2050 is, it should have been a 3040 unless they're planning on going uh, even lower at, at that point. Uh, I don't know. But what if we run into a GT 1030 problem again where they... You know, they have a, the lowest end that can still do pretty well, but also isn't like a just a display adapter that's worse than integrated graphics. <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, I hear you. A lot of stuff. What, what is your idea on this? Um, yeah, I mean, looking at what I saw, the with a fact that it you know it has a higher low end boost clock. It must mean that it may be slightly more consistent, because it seems like there's a it, the gap between the, the highest end and the lowest end seem to be you know closer together, which indicates to me that the performance is going to be more consistent on paper at least. However, the fact that you know it's using a lower you know bit memory and also the fact that you know you're also doing something with. You know, you have a little bit of memory. It's, it has a couple of draw sides, but the fact that it, you know, it's well, it's highest end. Well, I may not perform as potentially well, say like the thirty fifty to thirty fifty Ti on a mobile, like a laptop or something like that. It should be more consistent. Yeah, like performance may not be as good, but it should be more consistent. The one thing I do want to mention too before we head off is something we should have talked about when, you know, we were on our Halo Infinite spree earlier in this episode. Is that there also is a glitch for how to do co op campaign for those who are legit curious. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. I actually haven't delved into how to do it. Uh, what's going on with that? Yeah, so yeah, check your check the Discord chat that the Gog has Discord chat that the two of us have because I linked you an article about it. Sure. All right, I've middle mouse it. All right, what do we got here? So 
in order to so for those of you who don't know there on there has been a way that you can glitch into couch co-op campaign now i guess it won't work online but you can at least do it locally if you have a sibling or someone you want to talk about it with <laughs> and what you do it's very it's actually kind of simple Is you have to put the game is if you have it is so if you're doing it you'd probably want to do this on Xbox because it's easiest to pull off. What you're gonna do is you're gonna put the game in offline mode. After you put it offline mode, you then attach a second controller and assign a profile to that second controller. After that, the first player has to load up the game. And then back out again and have the second hit player hit start on the controller. And from there, they should be able to add themselves to player one's fire team and split screen co op will be available. And in the article, too, it actually shows someone who actually managed to pull this glitch off. Noble Actual 4. Oh my god. It actually exists. Oh my god. The, the bottom one doesn't have a HUD though. Yeah. I see. That is a thing so... is that like the the caveats with the glitch is that you lose out on the HUD and also another caveat too is the fact that if for some reason you if for you die that game crashes. Oh, nice. So that is the downside, but provided you don't mind just screwing around the overworld, or just doing something that's like easy to do, this is a pretty fun way to just check the game out and show a friend or a sibling this is how you play the game. So now you yourself have a cousin that currently live with you, and I'm sure he'd probably enjoy this time with you, just checking the game out. Well, not cousin, but nephew. <sighs> Alpaca left the chat. So, I'm back. <laughs> what what happened? Um, we were just talking. About, I was just talking about how I know you have a nephew that you probably want to play this game with, and I'm sure this will be a good good way of at least being able to show him it. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I think it would it would be pretty good, you know, um, to be able to just um. Um, play the campaign. It's just, uh, you know, um, he, uh, I'm not sure if he really likes it at all, but, like, like you, you both have to have the campaign, right? Well, this is, you're talking about a glitch for offline. So the, get, the trick is you have to put it in offline. Oh, okay, so never mind. I apologize. All right. Well, no, it's uh, fine, but you... I was, too, I was too busy, uh, Going to the mall and shopping. I know it's up. Sorry. 
um, anyways, uh, co op campaign. Okay, uh, 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 yay, I guess. I mean, honestly, it, it, at least the fact that, um, it's a thing shows that it's not that far away. That's all I can say, I guess, you know. Yeah, because they're saying that it's yeah. supposed to be added in May, so we can either just try this exploit now, or you can wait till May. And then crash whenever, uh, you know, you get killed uh, by a grunt. You freaking noob. I'm sorry. <laughs> just imagine just having you and a friend just play this like on like a local. It's so this is like local. So no, this is purely local. It's pure offline. Hey guys, it, it, it's me, Fluffy Alpaca. Hi guys, Microsoft gave me an exclusive code to play the campaign in co-op. The, the only problem is is that they uh, they released it early. So basically, um, here's co-op. Um, it's not really finished, but uh, hey, guess what? Uh, it's a thing. And... Uh, um, me and my split personality right here will, um, enjoy, uh, co-op. <laughs> uh, I have two models. One second. Let me see if I can show my split personality. <laughs> oh. Uh. My god. Oh, wow. I actually have this open. Oh. Uh. Uh. Give me one second. Oh my god. Wait. Oh shit. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> you have two templates and you're just flipping between them at the same time. Oh my god. <laughs> The droogs! The droogs! One wants to leave because of this thing here, and the other one just wants to stay in the corner and just embraces it in awe. Uh, there's two of me. And one loves K-pop, and one loves J-pop. <laughs> Holy shit, boss! <laughs> oh, fuck. Out that four. God damn it. The parallel universe was so strong that it actually caused the entire alpaca to crash. Oh my god. Uh, uh, back to the north. What? There's two- Oh, okay. I, I thought there were two again. I thought I got rid of this. Uh... Anyways, I'm gonna just go. Oh, oh fuck! I let go again. Um. Oh shit! No, I I. <laughs> the clothes are stuck. Oh, never mind. All right. Well. How's everybody doing? I feel very exposed. Right. Do we have any other questions about this Halo Infinite exploit before we sign off for the, for the night? Uh. Well. 
thank you for an amazing game so far. And thank you for giving me the campaign. I'ma go, like, exploit this through, like, wall hacks on computer. And, uh... uh yeah, I'm curious if this works on... <laughs> I actually wonder if this actually works on Steam. I don't, I don't just really mention it, but I'm curious if this actually would work on Steam. I have no idea, but that would be quite interesting. Just having keyboards. One person uses this screen, one person uses this screen. That would be an amazing revolution. One person uses red, the other person uses blue. One pill wakes you up, and one pill... Uh, one person plays as... Makes this bullshit happen. One person plays as Yui Metal, the other person plays as Moa Metal. And, uh, the other person, uh, says, uh, goodbye. <laughs> Who's the third person? <laughs> Not you, Hydro. <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> Anyways, um. The fourth person is the friends we make along the way. God damn you. <laughs> you have to say that. Um, yeah. Um, and the fifth friend is uh, my little friend saying uh, hello. <laughs> the fifth player is the... <laughs> the fifth player is the sentient gun. No, the, the, the fifth sixth, player is the sentient AI in your head. The sixth player is Cyberpunk 2077. Oh my god. And then seventh player is uh, uh, John Wick or uh, John Silverhand uh, Neo Wick. Sorry. And the eighth player is just Monica. Oh my god. Nah, the eighth player is uh this son of a bitch <laughs> who just so happens to to like uh defy all physics and also be in the corner floating around because fuck you. Enjoy your watermark. <laughs> anyways, no, I'm just kidding. Uh anyways. The ninth player is this famous lunchbox. No. <laughs> no. The ninth player is the NFT of you holding all of that in your. What the? F don't don't. Oh, I thought you were sticking the fucking one of them in your mouth. I was like, what the fuck? Don't do that. <laughs> oh god, I thought you were gonna rip the fucking like legs off of it. I was like, oh Jesus Christ. Uh, and, um, the tenth player <laughs> is me. Anyways, uh, God, we're crossing so many boundaries with this one stupid thing, because now we're talking about our big team battle. Party. <laughs> big team crossover. 
because big team battle is just a 12 player fiesta and taylor infinite so it's like we got our players yeah well 24 uh, v 24 oh wait no no 12 v 12 and the 11th one is todd howard is todd howard (laughs) (laughs) and uh number 12 um number 12 will be uh uh give me one second i need to find this in my folder let me let me set this as a back <laughs> i i know one of the players has um, to be bobby Kotick, and he receives no points from doing anything i accidentally flashed it on screen damn it but <laughs> uh Anyways, let me let me try to find this other picture. It's not AVGN, thankfully. He'd be pissed before he could even get in the match. He'd be like, "What the fuck? This isn't Halo. Why the fuck are they sprinting now? What were they thinking over at three four three? Like, uh." <laughs> Anyways, uh. Oh my god, here he is. Here he is. The one, the only. Uh. This guy. That was easy. That was easy. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> I was trying to find the the uh, wrestler, but uh, <laughs> this guy works. Well, that's the next player after him. <laughs> yeah. And like versus said- uh, um, versus like twelve uh, um. No, what we have to do is that we have to make one of the players Bobby Kotick, but he doesn't. He has a, he's a handicap, so he doesn't receive the overshield. Yeah, and he has terrible aim. He's been exposed. Yeah, they, he has terrible aim. So all you do is just you have to. Fuck. Yeah, that's there. Yeah. Okay. That's going the notes. Okay. Versus the screaming cat. <laughs> We're just creating the ultimate Avengers level crossover everything Gawcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, and, uh, we cannot forget <laughs> the image was too fucking big so I, I had to like kind of sc- what is this what? <laughs> it looks like mucus <laughs> another, Anyways, uh, another player has to be 
this one friend that we have that eh, we're not going to mention anymore. We're just saying there's a friend that we had that was on this show. He'll be on the same team as Bobby Kotick. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Give me one second. Uh... You know another player we have to add in this whole massive arena? Avenger level crossover. This guy. Not only him, but the Among Us spot with the knife. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need that, we need a C man. Oh, yes. Let, get, give me one second. Where is it in my folder? Uh, I had a download folder of it. God, uh, this is like a bigger than big team battle Halo. Halo Battle Royale and coming this October. Featuring, <laughs> featuring Scuba Jonesy. F featuring a crossover event. From Epic Games. This, this, this is cursed. <laughs> and you shall now feel the shield. You now drink the potion. Uh, Boy, water. You, uh, yeah, drink water. You lose it. No, I'm just kidding. Holy water. Oh shit. <laughs> Ghost Ghostahar. <laughs> Wait, I can make this even better. So we got Ghost Mudahar, and then we got an even better. Uh, one second. Uh, and then we got uh, we got them, boys. Moist critical. <laughs> it's so fucking loud. We we got the crossover event we all wanted. We got West um, Critical, we got Jafar, we got Review Tech USA, Lions Tech Tips. They're let me go here. fucking find gifts of uh Richard falling off of his chair, uh high off his kite. rich rtu gif well that's not that's not the rich that i was thinking of okay but all right um <laughs> review tech usa gif uh what what the fuck bing what does bing suck i just need like I, I just need him, like, falling off of his chair. What the fuck? Oh, God. I guess you'll have to find the live stream that he was in and then have to f crop it off in a future episode. 
Um. All right then. Let, uh, let let me add a uh media one second. Uh. Oh wait, no image. Where is it? So I couldn't do that, but uh, here's uh, where, where's Linus? I have a I have a great screenshot of Linus, um, but he looks depressed. I think is it the one with the windows background that I remembered using for one of the thumbnails? <laughs> you know what? Let's do that instead. Oh wait, no, I found him. <laughs> What is this? You're making this the most cursed episode out there. Holy shit. <laughs> it looks like they're celebrating him being quitting or something. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is peak cursed godcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Review tech usa cucumber <laughs> you know what that works <laughs> oh, damn it that works uh let me just uh let me just copy this no copy the filters and add an image <laughs> Alright, uh, I don't know if you'll have to blur this one out, but, um, give me one second. Is the one with him might... shirtless? I don't know. Oh. Maybe. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. This is one accursed <laughs> the battle royale of the century. We have you, myself. Battle <laughs> of the century. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! I almost fucking uh, judo chopped a can of Pepsi. God damn it! <laughs> One second. I need. I need to make Linus uh, transparent too. Loop. <laughs> Loop. Bloop, bloop, bloop. <laughs> Hello, darkness, mild. <laughs> God. <laughs> I've come to talk with you again. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the beauty of VTube Studio templates. <laughs> oh, yes. Let me make him a little bit more. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> a few cucumber USA. A few baby <laughs> No, don't say that. <laughs> you do know that one of these days, whenever I get to Music Mayhem, that 
you are gonna be the guest of a whatever one of the baby metal album review, so I'm gonna do, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm gonna um uh I'm gonna be a furry. Anyway, um no, I'm just kidding. Uh I yeah, you're gonna have to review my album that's coming out in June. Oh uh, uh I guess so. I don't know. What sort of spicy mixtape What sort of spicy mixtape are you making this time? Um, cucumber water. I'm mean, anyway. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know because I, I, I have no talent, and uh, I'm into progressive rock and metal and stuff like that, like actual metal. Um, intent. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah. You know. Um, I, I'm into. You know. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I even I haven't even better download to show off. Um uh and uh this time it is uh Give me one second. Uh, all right, and uh, layers upon layers of pain, and uh, you'll see eventually. Pain, suffering. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, P. Conta from Poof Alpaca. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, oh, hold on before you, before, before, before we go. Uh, let me get, uh, oh, for fuck's sake, can you delete, uh, I try to find that Among Us now. Uh, no, I'm trying to find, uh, where is it? Alright, there we go, uh... There we go. We we got them boys. We got Jeremy Fitzgerald. <laughs> So the story behind this image that I just pulled up, because you probably don't know who this guy is, but basically uh, um, he's a streamer and uh, this viewer, he was trying to watch him, his TV blew out, and now this face is burned into the TV screen. The living room parlor 
TV screen, by the way. The one that the family uses. So every time they turn it on, they're going to see this fucking face in the background. <laughs> That's funny. It's amazing. Imagine that actually burn. It's so powerful and actually burn people whenever they watch this on like an actual computer. It's a, uh, it's a fucking um, it's a screensaver that doesn't save the screen. It's just a static screensaver. Gotcha. It's amazing. Uh, no, no, no. It's a um, it's burnt into the screen. But the family thinks it's a feature. They think it's God watching over them for Christmas. <laughs> okay, besides the ultimate battle royale of Godcast, do we have anything else we want to talk about before we head off tonight? Uh, Merry Christmas and to all a good night. Um, uh, Start giving. Start Don't giving. be abused. Start loving. And, uh... Um... Uh... Don't judo-chop your Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so for all those who are watching, we should... We may or may not have an episode out next week, obviously due to the holidays... Because usually we record on Saturdays and somehow we end up getting these episodes like three or four days late. Yep. So who knows what's going to happen. We will definitely have an episode for New Year's. Because that, we want to take our time to reflect on what the past year is like for the show and how we strive to improve for the next year. Mm-hmm. And until then, uh, as for the comment of the day, we have none, but, you know, we still hope that, like we mentioned earlier, please give us a five-star rating on Spotify, too, if you like what you watch, because now we can rate shows on Spotify. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyways. And, like... um, don't worry, we'll be around next year, we'll see you next year. It might be a little while, but hey, we're going on vacation for next year. So, uh, see you next year. Yeah, if we don't, if we don't get this video upload, if we don't have a Christmas episode uploaded, we'll see you all next year. If we do, then hey, you'll see us one more time before the year ends. Oh yeah, and uh, we'll. Definitely be here, of course. <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. Um, so, if you like what you see, you know, please, on YouTube, make sure you give us a like or comment the video, or obviously just subscribe to the Hydrogen 99 YouTube channel. I also am going to be planning on a massive update video coming out pretty soon as well. I mentioned back in like a previous episode's comment that I was going to upload it that week, but, well, it's not there yet. I'm going to make a reference on that, too. Also, make sure you follow us on Spotify, 
Audible, whatever service. And if you're on Spotify, make sure you give us that five-star rating so we can help, you know, penetrate Spotify's system. Yep, penetrate it. And uh, uh, that sounded weird, uh, but uh, you can find it in our link tree. Yes, it's in the description um, of the video, too, along with our Discord server. Please come on by and say hi and communicate with our lovely community of two people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's okay. It's okay. This is a different platform in general. It's not like we'll get fucking, you know, millions of people automatically, you know. But Absolutely. We do appreciate those that do stop by, of course, you know. Absolutely, yeah. This this video may only get like ten views, but hey, who knows? <laughs> but anyways, I mean, it's not a competition. No, so. not really. No, it just we're just doing our <sighs> for the fun of it. Yeah, we're not like trying to burn ourselves out. Like, it's not. It's not like it's not like this is like a damn race or something. No, it's not a race. It's not our job either. We're just doing it for the fun of it, and that's yeah. all that matters for the two of us. Is that we're just trying to do it for the fun of it. Yeah. To give our thoughts on the current news on technology and gaming. Mm -hmm. Even though we have way more knowledge on gaming than technology, but we're just like exploring technology anyways. Yeah, but don't tell me how to live my life. No, we won't. I, I, I will become the Omega Spartan. I am the modern man. Right. Anyways, I'm Hydrowave99. And I'm Fufa Paco. And we'll see you all next time. Bye, everyone. Fuck Bob Cody.